story about that <laughs> yeah and uh we are ready ready to bring it to you bring it here we go um so i am jesse i am your jovial jack of all trades i am a witch i'm a tarot witch i'm an astrology witch i do a lot of stuff yes this is ashley hi i'm ashley i'm an herbalist creatrix mama bear witch of eclecticity <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, is that a word i'm gonna use that we do a lot here, so sometimes yeah. it's hard to keep the list short, and we'll probably change it up on you every episode, because that is life. Change. Why don't you tell them what we do here at Wonder Witch? So here at Wonder Witch, every other week, Jesse and I dive into a different topic, and the cool thing about it is we keep it a secret from each other for those two weeks. So we get to learn a new thing. The other gets to learn a new thing, and you get to learn two new things every week. Um, the topic ranges anywhere from witchy stuff to astrology to metaphysical. We kind of go all over the place with it. The idea to bring you a little everyday magic to your life. Yeah, in an effort to understand our practice yes. better, help you understand your practice better. You know, there may be a lot of things that we do, and we don't know why. So we find ourselves in our everyday practice, mm -hmm. wondering about a thing. Where did this come from? Why am I doing this? Yes. Uh, we do the research so you don't have to. Yeah, and the cool thing, the cool new thing that we started doing is that for every topic that the other person picks, we then have to incorporate that into our practice. Yes. Um, so in past episodes, you know, Ashley has picked candle magic mm -hmm. or scrying or something like that. Or and then <laughs> Yes, Jesse's or the Moonblood episode. <laughs> um, and then I have to incorporate that, you know, and learn more about that in my practice mm -hmm. in the in the interim between episodes. Yes. Ashley always hits me with something hard usually and then i have to use my brain a lot with jesse and do astrological <laughs> stuff so the fun thing though we did besoms that one week so yep. i'm building my besom pictures soon but you know we're a little lazy sometimes no we're and not that, no we're not just kidding we're just cancel so clear busy. delete we do so many things <laughs> yes. we're not lazy and then also last week and we'll talk a little bit about what we did so let me lead into that yes last week you talked about astrological geometry yes. and our birth charts 
Yes. <laughs> My brain was like, what? And so one of the cool projects that we had to do, and I had to talk to Jesse a little bit about, we talked about critical degrees mm -hmm. in the Zodiac and how I had a critical degree at Sagittarius. So I talked to Jessie about that. She's going to give me a few more pointers because I kind of confused myself and went on to the second part of my homework. <laughs> so Jessie is probably going to do an astrology class, kind of yeah, diving more into that, and we'll have that available soon. Yeah, we're going to be yeah. doing, we're going to be offering, in addition to all the other, other things that we do, we are going to be holding kind of, not necessarily like 101 classes, yeah. but just classes to help us understand our practices mm -hmm. better. So yes. you may know a whole lot of stuff about astrology, but yeah. you've never written down your birth chart right. or you've never, you know, explored why we look at things in a certain way. Yes. So we're going to do some astrology classes, mm -hmm. maybe some other things, numerology yeah. is Just something break, I'm going to do. Like break things down in a way that's easy to digest and understand as we kind of stumble yeah. and learn. So As you can <laughs> so you can kind of practice a little more independently yeah. mm -hmm. and confidently. Yes. You know, that's kind of what Wonder Witch is about, mm -hmm. classes we want to teach and, you know, we want to understand our practices better, but we also want to help you understand Absolutely. yours. Yep. We're going to have some classes to break it down and make some things not seem so overwhelming, yes. I think, and, and just and scary. it helps us too. It does help us too. You know. Yes, it, it definitely helps to learn. Yeah. Through teaching. You know, as and even well. like you have questions about stuff, yeah. and I'm like, oh my gosh, I never thought about it yeah. that way. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm like, I don't know. Right? What does your critical degree? I didn't yeah. know you had one. You know, that kind of so thing. So we'll talk a little more about that. I'm not prepared to talk about that now, but the second part of my homework was Jesse told me to do kind of like an art project with my birth chart mm. and to recreate my birth chart and do my keep thinking of the the graph thing in the oh, middle the aspects. connecting my aspects yeah. yeah so i got all my supplies for that and i'm working on my art piece so i'm very excited about it exciting and that was a little more fun because that's more in the creative realm so that wasn't so overwhelming for me i was <laughs> just like oh math my brain i can't okay yeah that was really cool so why don't you tell them a little bit about that and what you talked about last week so they know what the hell i'm talking about oh yeah <laughs> so last week um it was, it was right after the spring equinox, so we had entered into a new astrological cycle, mm -hmm. and I started to think about, well, what does that really mean? And it got me into basically a math lesson of yeah. understanding the degrees of the circle and, you know, the degrees of each sign mm -hmm. and, and the, different, the different placements of the signs in your chart and the aspects there, the way that they impact your personality and your mm -hmm. life and can provide a lot of insight into our birth charts and what that means. It's really but, fascinating. But that's yeah. one of those things that I was talking about that can be very overwhelming mm -hmm. to look at a birth chart and be like, what are these numbers I'm looking at? Yes. What are these lines? You know, what does that mean? So if you have an interest yeah. in learning more about that, you can take our class yeah. or you can listen to episode six mm -hmm. about astrological geometry to kind of break that down a little better. Because it was very helpful to kind of make it, I understood a lot more seeing it like on the wheel because if you listened, she had us pull up the chart on Astrolab, I think was one, mm -hmm. and then Cafe Astrology. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of put in your birth information and see your chart in front of you and she walked through like the whole, and it was 
oh, that's what that means. Okay. Right. Deccans, we learned about those. Yeah. I'm going to talk is, a little yeah. bit about that more today, too. So but if you haven't so listened much to that information. episode. <laughs> like, yeah, if you haven't listened to episode six, you might want to do it before this one. Right. Because I'm so kind of right ex- now. Rewind. expanding on, <laughs> I'm expecting you to know what yeah. I talked about last week. Oh, because you have to take notes. I don't know if you caught that. <laughs> there won't be a test. This is class, okay? <laughs> But you might win free prizes. Yeah, that's true, too. You know, we do that a lot. Um, So I did want to tell you, because I know that it was kind of hard to find information about my critical critical degrees. Yes. So Ashley, her son, is at zero degrees of Sagittarius. Mm -hmm. Um, Zero degrees, 11 minutes. So it has just crossed into... I barely made it into Sagittarius. Into Sagittarius. So the the sign. The sign, (laughs) if you heard last week. (laughs) So the very first degree, zero to one, and the very last degree, 29 Mm -hmm. to almost 30, are considered critical degrees in astrology. And, And it basically just means that what I have found is way one way to look at this is that you can look at traveling through that sun. Like, it's the extremes. Right. Like, the first degree, zero degrees, is the beginning of that right. sign. And then basically traveling through that sign's uh, lifetime right. or life cycle. Like and the then that's like, does, yes, right? yeah. of each degree. So something that I found that's really interesting, and I'm just going to read this. Planets at the zero degree of a sign indicate that you are starting a new beginning with the Mm -hmm. energy and earthly life manifestations of this planet. Which sounds great. Which sounds great. (laughs) So I'm going to tell you what that means. That says, based on the planet that we're talking about, Mm -hmm. and we're talking about your sun, you know, which is your personal identity and who you are, it's that you have completed... A cycle of reincarnations and experiences with that planet in that sign. And now you're given a new lifeline in that direction, virtually a clear slate. So you know what's interesting about that you explain it that way? Mm-hmm. We had talked about on our own north nodes and things like that before. Mm-hmm. And the big thing that it talks about in my lifetime with that mm-hmm. is that in past lifetimes, I was kind of like a supporter of other people and like a, you know, thing like that. And, but in this lifetime, mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be starting over. Yes. And my, you know oh, what I mean? Fuck. My life purpose to be yeah. pushing myself up and things like that. So that, oh, that gave me chills. So and that, that makes is, a lot of sense. And that now. is basically exactly what that means. Okay. Because your son is your identity. Mm-hmm. You know, your son is who mm-hmm. you are. So basically it's saying that you have completed this cycle of lifetimes. You've right. completed your cycle through the that expression of right. your identity and now you have a clean slate to kind of reformulate what my karmic that means to you, what your identity Whoa. essentially means to you okay. there. So So that makes a lot of sense. That's really that's cool. cool. Yeah, that's really cool. That's an episode we'll have to talk about in North. Yeah, South because notes. your son is it, it. Your son sign expresses your life's purpose, right? Basically, like your ego, your identity, yeah. show to the world kind of thing. So, and having your son in Sagittarius mm-hmm. is um, 
exploring the world, traveling, mm-hmm. expanding your knowledge, mm-hmm. you know, appreciating history, education, philosophy, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But, like, it's basically, like, expanding your worldview physically right. in your travel and also mentally and intellectually I mean, like we're doing right through now. your study. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> so, basically what you've done is you've kind of taken off all the things that you've been carrying right. around and now yeah, you have this clean slate. Like a fresh baby. You have the opportunity <laughs> to completely dedicate Whoa. to that pursuit. Okay. Cool. That's what I gathered from, from that. that. Yeah, so it's a new beginning. It's a fresh start. And your whole life, your karma and your path and everything corresponds with this new energy. Okay. Dig it. Yeah. Dig it. So that makes cool. more sense. Thanks for doing my homework for me, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it's okay. I, uh, I did, so last week you talked about scrying. Right. I was like, what did I talk about last yeah, week? Yeah, which I originally thought was scream crying. Right. <laughs> That was really funny. Um, but tell, tell us what scrying is. And then... Yeah, so scrying is a divination method of using a reflective surface to receive intuitive messages from guides or, you know, from the other side or just from within yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so we talked about how you could do it. It's not just crystal ball gazing. Mm-hmm. You know, when I initially started doing it, you always think about that gypsy in her caravan with her tarot spread and the crystal ball out getting ready to tell you her fortune but actually you know we saw back in history it's been used by many different cultures um in the sense of doing water scrying we're Mm -hmm. using natural bodies of water even a bowl of water like nostradamus Mm -hmm. to get messages to like some really silly things like the mormon oh yeah stones yeah with the the stones and seeing the stones and that's how the book of mormon came to be yeah go listen to episode (laughs) six it's really remember that that was weird i forgot about that. yeah and then oh i hated that story i was like this is a religion yep and they wrote the book of mormon on it and (laughs) you kept talking i was like wait he put the rocks in his hat yes and then and then put his face in his hat and that's how he started the religion i was like okay yeah very interesting stuff and then we even talked about like the spooky tale of bloody mary and looking into the mirror as being a form of scrying but being able to like control the situation yeah in a sense with it and then how you can do that mirror gazing but with yourself Mm -hmm. And how it's called soul gazing. Right. Um, which is very neat. And I mentioned I kind of did something like that with another person. Because you can do it with yourself or mm-hmm. with another person. So, yeah. We just talked about different forms um, throughout history. What it actually was. Gave you some methods to do it. And yeah. Yeah. Tried the mirror scrying. It's not as scary as I thought it was going to be. But the idea is you want to be, like, in a dim area. And it's reading the reflections. So, whether that's clouds. Like, we talked about all kinds of ways mm-hmm. to do it. It was really cool. Yeah, so I wanted to do a weird one. What'd you do? So I (laughs) no, yeah, I put rocks in my hat. Yeah. Um. No, I we talk all the time on Wonder Witch about how we're uh, fire witches and Mm -hmm. we're also bath witches. Mm -hmm. So I was basically like looking up what are some weird ways to scry, you know? Basically, and one of them was wax, the wax one, yeah, pouring wax into water, right. And then the way that it... Uh, shape, is that how you read In the, the shape, messages? and then that's how you read it. And mm-hmm. it's saying, like, you get a bottle of water, yeah. and you take your candle, and you pour it in there. And I was like, no. <laughs> that is too much work. I'm not going to get a bowl. Right. I was going to pour this directly into my bathtub. Yeah. So I took a bath, and 
I had this candle and I was just like, here goes. And I like let it burn down a little bit and I just like dumped it into my bathtub and I was like, sat there like, all right, what's going on here? I shit you not, that wax formed, (laughs) that wax formed the shape of a human heart. Not the shape of a heart. This bitch had an aorta. What? (laughs) There were ventricles. Literally. That's really cool. And I was like, that's so weird. And also it made a lot of like weird, weird little specks. Yeah. But I saw that and I was like, am I supposed to be writing about the heart chakra? Like, what does that mean? And we talked about that, how you, you bring a journal with scrying, how it's important to have that scrying journal to write everything down because you're not meant, you have to, sometimes you have to sit with it to like get whatever messages. So yeah, it was so weird. Um, a lot of them looked like flowers, (laughs) you know, a lot of them were just dots in In wax in the bathtub. And I was like, swirling it around and I was like staring at it you know I'm like show me something I was like okay I'm gonna turn off my regular eyes and put it and open my third eye yes and then I was like I should probably get out of the bathtub (laughs) I had to like what was your question did you have a question when you yeah what should I write about this week (laughs) (laughs) ask my tarot cards too listen to your heart yeah right and I was just like what does that mean um so that was interesting. I think I'm gonna try it with a mirror okay. next, maybe yeah, or some candles or something and... like that, and try to like get really into it. I just wasn't. I was like, I don't know what is my question, yeah. you know. And I was trying to like focus, but I had like a lot of work to do. Sometimes it's that, and we do these things, and we try to give you something to talk mm-hmm. about, like how we put it into practice. But we still, because you're still doing safer work, like we're totally. still doing. Oh all the yeah, things. so. You're trying new things, and that's cool. And, and it's, it's not just like practice, a, it gets easier. And too. it's not just like a one-off. It's yeah. just like we learn about these things, mm-hmm. and then we incorporate them into yeah. our life and our practice. Because I'm not gonna unlearn yeah. what you taught me about right. scrying. I just know that now. Yeah. You know, it just now becomes a thing that we use in our lives. Yes. And I'm not saying like. I'm gonna go get a crystal ball and start giving people readings <laughs> well, in a you caravan. Have a crystal ball. Oh, I do we have talked a crystal about ball. that. We have selenite ones. Oh, yeah, and I already do. One that you uh, can do. But you know, now I know about it. You so know, you can. So I get can do that if I want to do it. You know, knowledge is power. Yep. <laughs> so I'm sure that that'll come up again. Yes. As and it I does. forgot I do have a crystal ball. Yes, we got that actually from Arkansas. Yeah, we did. I don't know if it's from Arkansas, but that's where we got them. Yeah, we, we, got, have, we, we bought have, it in Arkansas. We have twin. We have a set of balls. <laughs> <laughs> we do. All right, cool. Yeah, so that's what we did. If you missed it, go back to that episode because it was really good. Yeah, as are all of them, but it was there's some good information. Yeah, I agree. That was a lot of fun, and um, mine today is going to kind of lead into what a little bit of what I talked about. So awesome. listen to the other episode first. Awesome. Listen to it first. All but right. before I do that, okay. Uh, I wonder which topic you picked. Me? This week. Well, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you what topic I did this week. Speaking of birth charts and stuff, that got me thinking. That was kind of part of the reason why I chose. So in my chart, there's a lot of fire in my uh-huh. chart. And I am very fiery. And yes. that being said, I can be very reactive as opposed to hmm. responding to things and kind of going with the flow. Uh-huh. 
So I decided this week to talk about the water element. Ooh! Wanted to kind of go on the opposite. She got yes, me. I, I thought sure. we were going in the fire direction. I was going, uh-huh. uh-huh. Damn, you really yeah. got me. So, yeah. And you also have a lot of fire in your chart. Totally. So I figured in the sense of balance and things like that, it might be helpful for us Damn, to know a little more. Me. I did. You got me. You <laughs> struck me right along. Yeah, I, I am genuinely surprised. <laughs> So, yeah. I thought we were going one way, and then she pulled a fake. I did. All right. So, yeah. So, we're going to talk about the water element. And okay. Yeah. We're going to talk about, cool. of course, some historical references of it, because I like to get into the history and some deities that are associated with water, but also the properties of water, yeah. both physical and metaphysical, um, some herbal, crystal, and zodiac associations, and how to use it in cool. your practice. Yeah. So, we're going to kind of go... All around the spectrum. That's great. With it. This is the opposite of what I'm talking yes, about today. So, well, so. Of course it is. Of course it is. So before I get started into that, I found this really cool piece of text that I wanted to share from HealingEarth.net. So it said it kind of showcases all the facets of water. So it kind of stuck out. Okay. That sci- it kind of bridges the gap between science and spiritual. Ooh. Yeah. So it said, science helps us know the properties and functions of water in the natural world. Ethics helps us decide how to preserve, protect, and distribute Earth's water resources. Spirituality helps us identify our core convictions about the meaning and value of water. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like okay. that. Right? Yeah. yeah. So kind of, it was really good. Great. I love the ethical. Right? I mean, I think sometimes when you think of, like, the water element, you're mm-hmm. just like... Like cancer and Pisces, yeah. you know. But mm-hmm. it's like, no. I mean, we also have water yes. on our planet. Absolutely, you know, it's not. It's not this ethereal thing. Yeah. It exists. It's a for. It's a major element for right. a reason. So it makes up the majority of our planet. It does. And our and bodies. Does. And, you know, I did the sacral chakra, and eventually we'll do all the chakras. Mm-hmm. We'll eventually do all the elements. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. But this one, I thought. We're fiery, so let's get some water in there. And I wanted to bridge the gap of just, you know, science and philosophy and just bring it all full circle. Bring it all full circle. That being said, across a wide array of cultures, history has shown the understanding of water's power as a symbol of life itself. In Hindu culture, the river Ganges... And it, it, that is right. Also, I'm really, I apologize now if I butcher any of these things. <laughs> I try to look up how the pronunciation of things, but my Ganges. brain. Yeah, so mm-hmm. Ganges, I got that right. Cool. Yep. So the river Ganges is actually a symbol of life and a place where any of your spiritual impurities can be washed away, which I thought was really cool. The river comes directly from a holy source in the Himalayas, and the emergence in the Ganges bring the believers purification and freedom from sin. Hmm. It's considered to be an embodiment of the Hindu goddess Ganja. Anytime I come across any ancient Jewish traditions, I always like to throw those in. So I can ask Jesse and be like, did you know? Because if you guys don't know, Jesse is going through her Judaism training right now to convert. Yeah, yeah. To become a Jewish woman. Yes. Which I think is super neat. So I always like to throw things in just to be like, hey, guess what? I learned things. On special occasions in ancient Jewish traditions, they cleanse their spiritual bodies by an immersion in a mikvah bath. Mikvah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm like cool points with Jesse. So it's a pool of water uh-huh. and some of it can be from a natural source. So it can be all from a natural source or they mix some water together and usually there's big tubs in 
the temples mm -hmm. for it. Observant Jewish women back in the day were required to be dipped once a month. And if you caught our moon blood magic mm -hmm. episode, we talked a little bit about the ideas, like the translations of things being unclean in air quotes. Mm -hmm. They were dipped in these baths seven days after their cycle to kind of become ritually clean again. Mm. I don't know if they do that still. Maybe no. no. Okay, like, but, so. but mikvahs, mikvahs still exist. But they still do that, right? Yeah. And one of the things I found, people who are converting to Judaism mm -hmm. will get put in the. So you're gonna do that? Yeah. So cool. after my Beit Dean, like after my council mm -hmm. of rabbis, when I official, when like we make my conversion official. Yeah. Um, You'll a have part a of that is going in the mikvah. See? Yeah. And when you talk about it, you're like, I know what that is. So, uh -huh. yes, you're becoming prepared. Mm -hmm. and yeah. Fun. So I thought that was pretty neat because I yeah. was like, Jesse's going to do that. I am. Yeah. yeah. So, and back in the Hopefully day. Hopefully this year. Yeah. We'll have a party. Yeah. And, or a mitzvah. No. What is it called? We could have a we could have a bat mitzvah for me. Bat I'm mitzvah? not I'm yeah. not 13, but but we could do it. You could be like I think actually bat mitzvahs are at 12. Okay, but <laughs> I never had one well, because see, I'm we could have one, becoming right? Jewish as an adult. So yeah, we're gonna have one. Yeah. Um, and back in the day, I also wanted to ask you because I don't know if this happens now, but they used the water to immerse a corpse as part of the preparation for burial in the. Do you know huh. that's done? I don't know. I had a class about... So it's it's different in a lot of cultures. Right. Like in Israel, you don't even get buried in a coffin. You just get buried in the ground. Like you're wrapped in linens, yeah. you know, and you're just buried because you're, you're supposed to... Yeah. yeah. You're of the earth. You go back to the earth. Mm -hmm. So like in Memphis here, you have to be buried in certain places like in stone because of the groundwater gotcha. the water tables like okay. and uh, you know in like new orleans people are in mausoleums they're yeah. above ground right because it's so low to sea level you right. can't bury people in the ground bodies floating all you know so it really depends on like where you are okay so well back in the day then i know for sure yeah that. <laughs> so i was going to ask you about that um for muslims cleansing yourself with water or wudu is what they call it is used in preparation for daily prayer mm. my neighbor next door is actually a practicing muslim so i asked him this morning when i saw him outside and he does prayer every morning and said yes i mm. do that i have a bowl and that i you know ritually cleanse myself before prayer every morning oh neat. so it's like oh look it's true um it's <laughs> and so water being used in that way it used to be and still is if you know any catholics yep. jesse and i both were catholic mm -hmm. growing up you know like holy water totally and stuff yeah. like that and then also that idea of baptism being baptized right. in water is has big significance and you might remember that story you know noah's ark <laughs> where oh, yeah where the, you know the earth for 40 days and 40 nights had the rainstorm and then it flooded and a boat full of animals and you know every carried on the yeah a pair of every yeah. animal on earth yes. yeah yeah so you have that in religion and then also the Christian accounts of like the Red Sea parting in Exodus and stuff. Which is actually. That's a Judea Christian. From the. Well, the Judeo Christian actually isn't a thing. Oh, it isn't? Okay. No, cool. it's actually not right to say the word Judeo Christian. I'm so sorry. No, that, but that, I'm not offended. <laughs> it's just not like, historically see, accurate. And this is why, and I don't know. And it was in. Because yeah. there's no such thing as Judeo Christian. Got it. There just isn't. And I didn't even know. It was just a. Judaism is one thing, thing. Christianity is another, another thing. thing. See, and this is um, the why. Hebrew Bible, or what Christians call the Old Testament. Okay. So Moses was a Jew. Right. You know, Moses led the Hebrews out of, you know, the Israelites. Right. He, he led them out of slavery and in part, Egypt. Yeah. And 
as he was leaving part of the Red right. Sea so they could escape, or essentially. But, so, like, Passover was last weekend. Right. That's the story of Passover. Okay. Don't say Judeo-Christian things. Got it. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why I asked Jesse. this is why I throw this stuff in. It's really, yeah, I knew so that. Parting the I'm Red just sea, quizzing her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Moses was a Jew. Moses was a Jew. Uh, oh, wait, I can't say that. Moses was a Jewish person. Yeah. Well, you didn't say it with a negative inflection. So, but yeah, Moses. Well, I mean, yeah, Moses was Hebrew. Moses was an Israelite. So. Okay, gotcha. Cool. So that. <laughs> In ancient Egypt, because you know I love Egypt. Yeah. Um, they actually have a lot of de- deities and water mythology. Well, the Nile. With them. Yeah, so yeah, the Nile was actually for, it was very important to them because it was for not only washing, but for purification and rituals. Mm. And not only spiritually important, the Nile was also like their main source for crops to grow and things like that. It didn't rain a whole lot. I <laughs> I had this computer game when I was a kid called Pharaoh. And it was, it was a civilization-based yeah. game, um, but it was Egyptian. It was mm. ancient Egypt. So you, I would love that. Uh, I still play it all cool. the time. It's like the, it's from like the late '90s, so okay. the graphics are garbage, nice. but it's so fun. And I, as a 28 year old woman, still play this game. Sweet, because it's just a civilization based yeah. sim. Oh, you're like of, the sim queen. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jesse and it's great, has and you like have five to have people. Oh my gosh. I love the Sims. I love computer Sponsor. games. Yeah, <laughs> I'm an adult. Um, <laughs> um, but basically, you have to like build ancient Egyptian society. Very cool. Um, so you know that it didn't rain a lot, and you yeah. had to use the Nile. So it's, it was source. called the inundation. Yes, of when it would mm-hmm. the top, like when it would rise, the and then when it would go use. out, and the yep. priests would pray yes. to like Osiris yeah. and other gods to be like, I hope we have a good flood this yes. year. So we can grow more wheat, yes. you know? So it's real. See, and it's even in the game. See, and they know. Yeah. <laughs> What's up? So. Oh, and it's hard. Yeah. It's hard because you'll just have, sometimes the priests will, the priests will predict that you won't even get a flood this year. Right? And then what's going to happen? Then what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> you don't grow any crops. I love that game. You play Sims instead. No, Yeah, so also water is very sacred in Inuit traditions too. Hmm. And seals, walruses, and whales, they say, come from the fingers of Sedna, which is a water deity who oh. lived beneath the sea. The Sumerians' floods were a result of fighting among the gods. Mayan and Aztec people believe that flooding separated successive eras. So you know how there's the Mayan calendar. Uh-huh. So every time there was a succession and a new kind of oh, phase, yeah. water, like a flood or some kind of water-based event happened to huh. trigger that. Yeah. In historical Persian texts, there was talk of millennial floods coming over the world. Mm-hmm. Juan Ponce de Leon. I just like saying <laughs> his name. So I don't know if you know about him, but he's the guy, the Spanish yeah. explorer who was looking for the sacred fountain of youth. Yeah. Yeah. That was like in, I think, late 1400s, early 1500s. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that was in the fifth Pirates of the Caribbean that was, movie. That was it, really also, like, yes, it also it was. was in the I'm fifth. pretty sure yes. Salma Hayek was You're in right. that one. Yes. Oh, yeah. yes. That was in all of Salma Hayek. Yeah. So <laughs> it was also in the fifth Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> I think it was the fifth. And then a place that I found, which you've probably heard about, but it's going to be on our bucket list of travels that we go to, Glastonbury 
oh, in England. Have uh-huh. you heard of that? So that's where that sacred well is. Yeah. And it's called the Chalice Well yeah. at Glastonbury, England. But it said that if you, I always see on our witchy feeds, you know, there's witches going there who live in England and they're going to get this water because yeah. the water from the wells are actually said to have healing powers. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, and it's supposed to be like a really powerful place. But there's, like, so many references to water and, like, religion and spiritual. Yeah. Like, all over the world. So those are just a handful. I invite you to do your own research. So talking about cultures and stuff, I wanted to hit a couple deities. Okay. That are represented. Let's start in India. Since we started there in the River Ganges we talked about. Uh Uh-huh. I mentioned it was represented by the goddess Ganja. And not the weed goddess, but the goddess of Ganges River. (laughs) But she was literally the personification of the river. Yeah, and she was worshipped as the goddess of purification and forgiveness. I love a good personification. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And so correlation, she was depicted as a fair woman, but she was usually riding a creature called a Makara. If you don't remember, that was in the sacral chakra. We talked about one of the representations was that alligator like animal with its tail representing the kundalini coil so that's the water beast that she actually rides (laughs) because water is the element of the sacral chakra Uh oh there's gonna be all kinds of correlations but yeah isn't that cool she's actually also the sister of the mother goddess pavarti which we also talked about we did yes yes um another one was called hoppy happy H A P I. I don't. Okay, but that was a deity, and it was actually described as a twin deity. So oh. separating Upper Egypt and Lower Egypt. Oh. So the, yeah. So the Upper deity version was called Hop Reset, and the Lower was Hop Met. Okay. Again, I might be butchering these, so if you know how to pronounce them, please that tell sounds us. that sounds sounds kind of right. Pretty right? good. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, as far as I know. <laughs> so the depiction of these gods, they were usually a god that was pouring out water from a jug. Okay. Yeah. Or papyrus and lotus tied together, which we'll talk a little about herbal associations, but lotus is a water. Yeah. It's a water. I'm doing a hand signal for Jesse, showing her how they twist. You can't see that. <laughs> so that word indonation that you used. Which means flooding. Yeah. And she already knew it. Inundation. And I was like, you already know. Yeah. yeah. So, um. Inundation. Inundation. <laughs> Which means flooding. So they also had a ram-headed god known as Num. K-H-N-U-M. Num. Num. We don't know. Num sounds right. Num, right? Noom? I don't know. Actually, I have no idea. Okay, well... We'll figure it out. The, my yeah. game, I, I never got that far. You didn't get that far? Yeah, okay. I only had like five Look, minutes. I expect her to know all these names because she played Pharaoh. Okay. <laughs> for 20 years. <laughs> but he was actually responsible for creating humans together with their guardian spirits. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And then there was the frog Hemet. Okay. Hemet. No idea. Hemet H-E- sounds right. Hemet, probably. H-E-M-E-T. And that was also a goddess of water. But she was connected to growth and fertility and also stood for eternity. And her amulets were actually worn by women to protect protect them during their pregnancies. She was a frog? And she was a frog. Which, <laughs> yeah. She was a goddess was with the like, head of a frog. What? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, she was a goddess with the head of a frog. What a weirdo. I'll put some pictures up of all yeah. these god like deities and stuff because they're all pretty trippy. That's sweet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was pretty cool. 
Um, she had a human body and a frog head. Yes, it's, it's really cool. <laughs> <Ew. Yeah. laughs> but even Makara sometimes was depicted as having a male body and an alligator head, and not even just the water beast version. So in Egyptian mythology, you That's see cool, that a lot. Though. You, know, you don't like, want to be frog head. Right? <laughs> Alligator head's cool. Right. Maybe you do. I don't, I don't know. Some people like frogs. <laughs> I don't dislike frogs. Yeah. So it was worn during pregnancy and also while they were giving birth to, you know, help them have a nice, easy, fluid birth and pulling out that water oh, energy. Oh, God. I'm sorry I yeah. called you ugly, Hamed. <laughs> I know, right? Please, someday. You're going to have a plague of frogs on your shoulders. I'm going to give birth to a frog. <laughs> no. I'm not pregnant. <laughs> I'm just thinking about it. Because I'm getting older. It'd still be a cute baby. Oh. So <laughs> so there's also a lot of water deities in African culture, too, okay. that I found. But I'm just going to name a couple, okay. as with all of these. I liked this one because the name was just super fun. So Bunzi. Bunzi! Bunzi! Which was mainly in the... what The Woya... Oh, fuck. I hope I don't butcher these guys. And I'm really sorry. But the Woyo. So W-O-Y-O people and they were generally in the Congo area but in that mythology she was the goddess of rain and rainbows and the other week you had actually um read me like a poem out of yeah the prayer the Hebrew prayer that you do so I saw that and I was like oh yeah the Hebrew prayer that you say when you see your rainbow yeah Yeah. so yeah and the cool so she was actually a multicolored serpent I thought that was really cool too so like a rainbow serpent neat which is why she's the goddess of rainbows gay snake right yeah (laughs) (laughs) I was like because I'm telling you, I want to get that snake tattoo, and yeah. now I'm kind of like, oh gay my snake. god, I'm going to make it a gay snake, like, for sure. Because um, we're gay over here, so. <laughs> gay snake. But the way that she got the snake, or got, not the snake, got the rainbow powers and, like, the rain powers. So her mom, her mom took her own son, Makanga, oh, no. and had a baby with him. And Ew. that's how Bunzi was born. And her father found out and pretty much took away her mom's powers and gave them to Bunzi and then was like get out of here whoa so yeah so she inherited them I thought you were gonna say she like ate a rainbow or something (laughs) oh man it's way worse worse than that that. so it kind of brings to light that like even in these ancient cultures they had some shit they had some family problems you know what I mean so I like look at the Greeks or the Roman gods and goddesses there's a lot of that yeah Zeus yeah a lot of that going around so I think that's just really interesting but it's said that if you see a rainbow in the sky yeah or sometimes the rippling water at sunset that's said that Bunzi is with you oh yeah I like that yeah there was also Nami 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 (laughs) yeah known as the Zambezi River God. I picked, like, the really fun names. I like that. Right? But he was usually portrayed as a whale, um, but was also described as having a body of a snake and the head of a fish. A lot of snake vibes in the African cultures. Interesting. Yeah, so he was said to control the life in and on the river. So, like, things living in the river and when people traveled on the river there. Do you think that's because there are a lot of water snakes in Africa? Probably, because, you know, like when we talked about scrying and stuff too, a lot of these cultures and like things they use as far as rituals with certain things are what's around them. You take Uh the things that are around you and you derive symbolism off of Mm -hmm. what's around your atmosphere. Somebody who's living in Alaska probably isn't going to have snake. I don't think there's any snake 
You know what I mean? Know, There's yeah. a lot of seals and whales and yeah, that makes more sense. You know what I mean? So yes, that I makes do. a lot more sense. So there's probably because I mean I even think about moving from. Ohio mm-hmm. to the south, you know, there's way more water snakes here because yeah. it's warmer. Mm-hmm. And I like didn't really like I associate snakes with being on the ground, right? But there's all yeah like in Africa. There's and... probably I mean there's yep. tree snakes and there's ground snakes, yeah, but there's, there's probably all kinds of but snakes. when you live by a river, right. you probably see yeah. a lot of water snakes, mm-hmm. and Absolutely. you can associate a water god with a snake. That's even like with let's say the full moon we just had. Mm-hmm. That was the. What moon were we? It the, was worm the, moon. the worm moon. Yeah. So it was the worm moon with southern Native American tribes, but in northern Native American tribes, it was known as the sap moon because they were that's tapping when they were tapping trees, maple for sap. So yeah, that's the thing you'll find with these cultures. It really a lot of their mythology yeah. and stuff is based on the symbolism they pull from the world around them, which is really cool. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Because mm-hmm. I was going, why snakes? Why snakes? And that's why. And you figured it out right here on Wonder Witch. <laughs> so learning right before right? your ears. <laughs> <laughs> so Nordic traditions. Yeah. I'm um, Freya, which is the deity, de- de- the deity, the deity of rain, uh-huh. fertility, life, and summer. Yeah. And also Saga, who is the wisdom goddess who lives near the water. When I did my sacral chakra goddess reawakening yeah. meditation, uh-huh. it was with Freya. Mm. Yeah. There you go. And that water, that's sacral, because sacral is ruled by the element of water. Mm-hmm. See all the correlations? Mm-hmm. You got it. Here it is. Mm-hmm. In Chinese mythology, there's also a gaggle of deities. We'll also only list a few. Mazu. The goddess of the sea and protector of seafarers Love was that. one. Yes. Tom Kung, the sea deity worshipped in Hong Kong and Macau, had the ability to forecast the weather. Very useful. Who needs a weather guy? Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, going back to, like, archangels and stuff, we have the archangel Gabriel. Uh-huh. And he's known as the prince of change and alteration, which uh-huh. are, like, really water-based properties, which we'll talk about. That makes sense, yeah. yeah. And he can also be seen on the judgment card in tarot. Oh! Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's blowing a horn, and he actually represents, like, fertility and authority. Uh-huh. And he's also holding a chalice, which we'll talk about, but that's a water-based thing um, with the torrents of water spilling over. Mm-hmm. Spilling over. So if you got your tarot deck handy, you can look at that on there. Of water deities are vast as is water (laughs) yeah and so my advice is to look into your culture look into your background see what calls to you maybe shuffle through a goddess deck and see what jumps out but with anything when you're doing your practice it's important to tune into those guides into that kind of energy when working with it so you can better connect with things so zodiac you know i have to talk a little bit about the zodiac sign so jesse probably knows all of this already but Maybe not. People like me who don't know everything. Hit me with it. Well, I'm going to hit you with it. So there's three signs in the Zodiac that are water-based signs. Mm -hmm. You have Scorpio, Cancer, and Pisces. Mm -hmm. Okay? Scorpio's strengths are that they are resourceful, passionate, stubborn. And some weaknesses could be that they're a little secretive and violent or jealous all watery kind of vibes and you'll notice as we talk about these like the correlation when you think Mm -hmm. about water then you have your cancers and they're typically deeply intuitive and sentimental but they can also be very emotional overly emotional and Mm -hmm. but they can care very deeply and then they're highly imaginative and sympathetic but moody 
you know, mm-hmm. like the waters. <laughs> and then Pisces, which I have a Pisces, so I know how that goes. But they're usually represented by two fish, so duh. Um, that makes it easy to remember it's a water sign. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they're very creative and empathetic and generous, but they're also very overly emotional and impressionable, which worries me <laughs> about, yeah. my, about my little bean. But um, if you look at all the qualities, though, of the three zodiac signs... Like I said, you'll see the representation of water, and it'll make more sense as we go along. Mm-hmm. The renewal sense of it and the destructive sense of it. These are characteristics of the sun aspect mm-hmm. of those things, which is like ego and identity, which we kind of talked a little mm-hmm. bit about it earlier, your role in life. Um, Jesse and I don't have a lot of water in our charts. I know that I have, my rising is Cancer. I have a Cancer Mars. And you have a Cancer Mars. Okay, so we'll talk about But we little... both have Scorpio Mercuries. That's right. So we do have both. Mm-hmm. We have the same Scorpio Mercuries. Mm-hmm. So crazy. Our charts are a lot alike. Mm-hmm. We should put our charts up just so people yeah. can see how crazy it is <laughs> with that. So, like, for instance, my Sag Sun, I can be very outgoing, as are you, and mm-hmm. stuff. But then my Cancer can kind of make me very sensitive and also you know it takes me a little bit to open up but once I do you got me but it takes me a minute and I'm kind of standoffish with mm-hmm. things there's also planetary associations mm-hmm. that go with it mercury is represented by water in conjunction with air so some of them aren't solely water mm-hmm. signs but water actually works well with all the elements which we'll talk as we go into the elements and stuff you know water is a catalyst for a lot of the other elements when working with them. You have Mercury in conjunction with air, and then the moon, of course, is represented by water. Right, yeah. And so is Neptune, uh-huh. which, you know, you've taught the us god with, like, of the, the god sea. of... Yeah, is the god of the sea, with also Neptune is Poseidon, which she, like, yeah. blew my mind Neptune with, like, the correlations. Neptune is the Roman right. god of the sea, whose counterpart is Poseidon yes. in Greek mythology. Yes. See? Duh. We learned yeah. that on another episode. But Saturn in conjunction with Earth is another one, as well as Venus is also in conjunction with Earth. That being said, going through your chart and stuff, it's not only important to look at your sun sign. Mm -hmm. You can look at the other water elements in your chart to kind of see how they correlate. And then it's cool to see the correlation, like when the planets are in the same thing. It's so much. Astrology is like, it makes my brain hurt, honestly. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I hope hope my lesson today can help. I hope, I look forward to it because I confuse myself (laughs) and I'm just like okay no I'm (laughs) glad that we're starting like this it was cool to see how the representations of the signs correlated with water and like Mm -hmm. what that can represent that being said let's talk a little bit more about water like it's physical properties and it's let's get into the good shit you know what I mean yeah right so Because it's important for us to know the physical properties of water as well as the spiritual properties. I mean, we're like calling it in and we call in corners and we're like... So why are we calling it in? Why are we calling it in? Why is it one of the big four? Right, yes. (laughs) So I'm going to tell you. (laughs) What's the deal? (laughs) What's the deal with water? (laughs) Other than actually choking on it. (laughs) I'm leaving that in. Ashley, what's the deal with water? Ugh. So the necessity of water is so great that literally everything on earth needs it to live, mm. if you think about it. Mm-hmm. From plants to people. Mm-hmm. Water is cold, it's moist, mm-hmm. it's heavy, it's fluid, it's cohesive. It can be reflective, but it can also be dark. 
present within us, uh-huh. like we were talking about, because we're made of 60 to 70% water. And it's, it's in your blood. Yeah, it's in you. <laughs> and it's also in the earth around us. Yeah. It can represent that destruction, but also replacement and mm. renewal. It's usually represented by an upside-down triangle. And an easy way I like to remember is I like to think of a waterfall. So mm. it's kind of in the shape. Because sometimes I get them back. I but never yes. remember yes. those. So think of a waterfall. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, I so love like, that. Yes. Really? I'm going to help you. But yeah. also, it can be um, represented as three or four squiggle lines stacked on oh, top yeah. of each other. And then there was also one that I found where there's actually like a drop of water going into a puddle surrounded by a circle. Huh. Yeah, so I'm sure there's more, but those were like the three main ones that I found. It's considered a feminine energy, mm-hmm. um, which, duh, when we talked about our sacral chakra mm-hmm. being divine feminine, that only made sense. Yeah. That water is feminine totally. energy. Yeah. So, and it's in charge of our emotions, purification, our subconscious mind, and it's associated with dreams. It can also represent conservation, concentration, peacefulness, wisdom, and flexibility. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's an element of understanding, but also of intuition. Okay. So, like that inner intuition. Uh huh. Mm hmm. The direction that corresponds with water is going to be west. So, you right. talked about calling in the circles. And easy way to remember that water, water starts west. with west. Yeah. yeah That's w- the w. only one I remember. Right? And then I go, okay, wait. Water. No, water <laughs> I west. I wish earth was east, but it's not. It's not. It's, it's east is air and earth north. is north. Yeah. And yeah, I remember south is fire. Yes. And water is west. And then I go, uh. Okay. Well, south is fire. I always think about like the fiery pits of hell. So the oh, south. mnemonic <laughs> devices for remembering yeah, your elements. <laughs> if you always forget, <laughs> Thank don't you, worry. <laughs> so do we. <laughs> yeah. So the season represented by water is autumn, which I didn't know. Oh, which I thought was really cool. I so like the autumn that. equinox and stuff. That element. There's actually elemental tides. And every equinox is represented by an element, and autumn is the one that water represents. Very interesting. Isn't that cool? I didn't know that. Water is a correlation of where imagination begins, Mm -hmm. and our dreams from which the language of our subconscious mind is translated. So, like, whatever subconscious thoughts you're having and they show up in your dreams, that's like water work. (laughs) Mm. Because it's subconscious mind, which I thought was interesting. Mm -hmm. We talked about Mm -hmm. Pisces being such a dreamer. And, And that makes sense. You just pull, and Jesse just pulled the Ace of Cups. The Lotus card. Uh, with the chalice. With the lotus on it. Is there really a yeah, fucking lotus? We'll talk about that you. and you'll see why that's so funny. Oh, God, my stomach. It's literally <laughs> the next sentence. Yeah, and it just popped out. The tool of water is the chalice, guys. Yeah. Or a cup. Yeah. I can't make this shit up. Like, what? <laughs> and it's used to contain water, of course, for purification, and we use it to cleanse our space for ritual. Mm-hmm. That's bizarre. Hold on. I didn't, stop. I didn't do it on purpose. You see me just Guys, shuffling over here. So here. she's over here just shuffling this deck, and I'm talking, and literally the next sentence of what I'm going to say is talking about these chalices being a representation of water, and she pulls the fucking Ace of Cups. And which is the, a chalice with water overflowing and a lotus, which is also a water herb that we'll talk about. Yeah. A water flower. What a yeah. fucking A, man. It's weird. Stick with us. It gets real weird. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so also cauldrons yeah. are going to be a representation of water. I um, love that. Yeah, and the legends surrounding those reaffirm like, that wisdom aspect of water and the life and the transformation and regeneration. Anything like that is going to... Bring in those water elements. Any cup-like vessel. 
I want to talk about crystal associations. Okay. All right. So yeah. let's get into some associations so you can further use it in your practice. Yeah. I have a quick question yes, about please, crystals and water. Yeah. There are some crystals that can't get wet. Okay. We'll talk right? about that. Yes, there are. And okay. we'll talk okay. about okay. one okay. of those, okay. which okay. is actually really funny. Okay, cool. It's cool. not funny because this shit always happens. But there are crystals. We'll talk about one of them. I want to save some of that info for another yeah, thing I'm doing. Yeah, go ahead. But let me get into it. So... Let's start with sodalite, which can be in water. Okay. Okay, that's going to be the blue crystal with white specks. Uh -huh. Often mistaken with lapis lazuli. Mm. The difference between them is lapis lazuli has gold streaks in them of pyrite. Yeah. And the sodalite does not. Yeah. Okay, sometimes the sodalite can have some purple or grayish markings, but it's never going to have that gold band in it. And that's how mm. you can kind of tell the difference. Okay, yeah. good tip. Good tip. Um, so this crystal is going to have a good calming energy, and mm -hmm. it's associated with the moon. And the throat chakra. <laughs> yeah. I was like, <laughs> And so it encourages harmony and trust between group members. Yeah. And can boost teamwork. And it's helpful in understanding and processing new information. Okay. Yeah. Love that. Right? I'm so, always trying to process yeah, new information. Yeah, so it's a good, that's why I have a giant fucking sodalite, like, yeah. sitting in my living room right now. Cool. It's great for it. It's good to have it in... I'm also going through my feng shui certification. Right, so I'm right, going right. through my crystal healing certification. So that's why I want to save some of that, which actually helped me with some of these crystals, cool. which is really cool. But I'm also doing my feng shui certification. Mm -hmm. So having sodalite in your commonplace is good if you have people come over all the time because it kind of enhances the good communication and having, oh, yeah. Oh, that mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense. Right? I like oh, that. It's also a good stone for enhancing self-esteem and yeah. self-acceptance. And on a physical level, because, you know, I like to do the physical, um, it soothes digestive issues and can combat insomnia. So that goes mm -hmm. with that dream thing mm -hmm. um, with water elements and things mm -hmm. being kind of a dreamy kind of thing. So yeah. have some of that by your bed as well, and that'll help you sleep better. Great idea. Right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So lots of correlations with water there. Yeah. So you asked about, are there crystals that can't be put in water? Yeah. Yes, there are. So selenite, Yeah. funny enough, it being a water crystal. Because it's moon related, right, right? Cannot go into water. Funny story I have for that. There was a friend of mine in Arizona, and it was when I first became like accustomed, started learning about crystals. And she had, you'll know, you know, I have those big selenite wands. Yeah. Well, she had one, and I remember we put it in a big jug of water, the selenite wand, because we didn't know at the time, okay? Oh, so, no. <laughs> how I didn't die, I don't know, but apparently, but I do not suggest doing this at home, because I, dissolve? so, we thought we lost, we also smoked a lot of weed, so, <laughs> so, we put it in the water, right, and uh -huh. I think we, had, we sat it out in the moon to charge or whatever, Uh-huh. and we're going to do ritual, so, like I said, we smoked a lot of weed and thought we'd lost the crystal. Forgot that we had put it in this jug. Like, we forgot about it. We had sat it out to charge and we were going to save it for a ritual to drink or whatever. Put it in the fridge. Forgot about the crystal. We're looking for the crystal for, like, weeks after. And then we pull out on the next full moon. We had the water and we were doing ritual. And I, it tasted a little minerally. And I was like... The whole wand dissolved into the water. So we drank like this. You stuff. drank the selenite wand. And we're like, why? 
oh, there's the selenite. And it, like, clicked as we're halfway through the jug of this fucking crystal-infused water. I don't suggest doing that. Like I said, I don't know how I didn't die. Like, I was also, like, on a really healthy diet, so maybe it just, like, flushed out of me. But selenite, you do not put in water. It will dissolve because it's a very soft crystal. And don't drink it. Don't drink it. Oh, my gosh, that's crazy. I actually had a dream because um, I put – I often put – crystals in my plants right but i know to not put the ones that can't have water right. on them in my mm -hmm. plants so i had a dream once that i accidentally put my selenite ball in my plant oh, no. and i accidentally melted it like in my dream melted. and i woke up and i was like <gasps> no but i didn't it was fine but <laughs> that's yeah, wild so that's happened to me oh my yeah. gosh but it's a great crystal to work with with water energy that being said and it's actually named after the greek goddess selene yeah the moon yeah, the moon yes it's going to remind us that although we can't change the past we can use what we learn to create a better future oh yeah very fluid vibes there and it's also going to be thought of, so also it represents the moon but it's also a stone of fertility pregnancy and motherhood the moon. Right, 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 <laughs> you know? right, yeah. Uh, yeah, it encourages positive communication, and it aids in all of your interactions with ancestors. Selenite's also one of those crystals that charges other crystals and charges itself. You don't have to right. do any. That's it's what just I a, love. Like, yes. I have that, like, I have that so selenite yes. that we got in Arkansas, and, like, when I get home from, like, doing this mm -hmm. or from anything, I, like, take my deck and, like, my yep. crystals, and I just plop them down yep. right next to the selenite and ball. And it just does the job. Because I'm just like, all right, here yes. you go. <laughs> so it's going to enhance, and it's going to enhance any, like, divination work and stuff you do, too. Very so cool. it's great. Yes. It's so great. So another one, <laughs> it's going to be purple fluorite. Ooh. And I don't know if you've seen that purple octahedron, that diamond-shaped purple fluorite I have. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be a good water crystal, too. It's one that contains a lot of really good calmness energy and actually mm -hmm. diffuses if you blow into the one side of it, mm -hmm. which purple fluorite, the one that I have is shaped like a diamond, pretty much. So the shape also assists in that, but with that, you can blow into one end of it, mm -hmm. and it actually diffuses any negative energies that you have and brings them out the other end cleansed and purified neato mm -hmm. it's a good one to have like if you need to make a decision uh-huh and you want to consider all your options okay in chinese culture uh -huh. the purple fluoride is actually thought to spell evil spirits Ooh. yeah it can be useful in helping someone focus on day-to-day -day responsibilities and facing the reality of a situation okay and if you use it in your meditation it can bring mental clarity like, if you're having a really crazy time with something or, like, just had a really wackadoo day, you can meditate with some purple fluorite, and it will help balance your mind. All right. Put mm -hmm. that on my list. Right, put it some purple list. fluorite. I think I have some for you, so we'll give you some to take home. Perfect. And those are just a few crystals. Yeah. There's a list that, that did it. You know, and like with the deities, I invite you to kind of see what calls to you. Right, Because right, there's a of lot course. of options out there for that. And of course, being an herbalist, you know I got to talk about some of those herbal associations. Yes, ma'am. Yes. So there are also a lot of herbs that are associated with water. I'll give you a brief list of my favorites, and I'm going to put them in the blog. Cool, um, cool. And I think some blends are like some things that you can do. Ooh, heck yeah. Yes. Love so, that. Right? So as we talked about the properties of water, why we did that is because when intuitively, you know, figuring out things with your herbs... Water represents purification. 
So any herb that has to do with cleansing or purification is going to be a water-based. Okay, that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, so in smoke cleansing, Uh for instance, and you want to bring in the element of water, which you would be bringing fire and air. It's really great because if you think about it, if you're using herb, you're doing like all All of it. All of the things. So if you pick a water-based herb... Mm -hmm. And you're that doing grew smoke in the cleansing. Ground. Yeah, yeah. Like you're already bringing in all of the elements. That's so cool. Right? So you can use rosemary, thyme, lavender, mm-hmm. cinnamon, clove. You can burn all of those. And we talked before about how some of these herbs are going to have multiple sure, properties. Of course, yeah. So as with any spell worker, if you're using it for a specific purpose, you want to whisper those intentions to them. Uh-huh. But they are water-based herbs. So you can do the smoke cleansing with them. You can also use a these in combination or Mm -hmm. by themselves it'll do the same thing other water associated herbs are going to be poppy rose lotus oh yeah (laughs) mugwort which you might remember oh yeah yeah jesse's blog post about about mugwort and she talked a little bit about it when you did the dream divination Mm -hmm. and stuff i've been sleeping with mugwort under my pillow and because we've been talking about the water Mm -hmm. element with dreams i've been sleeping with mugwort under my pillow and also drinking mugwort teas yes i've been sleeping like a baby nice see yeah Mm, that's good you can also do herbal associations we talked a little about the planet so Mm -hmm. any herbs that are associated i've got this great like alchemy book that does planetary associations nice so yeah so like the neptune venus is even considered Uh a watery planet because you know the Mm -hmm. mother aspect and stuff so looking up herbs that correlate with those if that's more your jam Uh uh-huh you can do it that way or that correlate with Mm -hmm. water signs yes uh uh-huh you know so there's a lot of different ways you can kind of pull the symbolism off of that and to just make it more like accessible but also to make it more meaningful right more intentional because that's what it's about you know like when we give you all of this information we're giving you just a nudge to do some of your own research too yeah we're giving you some information but also we want to spark that curiosity if you hear something then you're gonna go yeah. and further go down the rabbit hole and figure out what calls to you you know yeah. like everyday magic that's the idea that we're trying to do you know like, and if you had a soda light and you didn't know that right. and then or you have you know rosemary growing or something yes. like that and you didn't know and now mm-hmm. when you do water-based yeah. spells or water-based magic right. you can use just have that little bit more intention absolutely you could even like cleanse with those herbs by like dipping it in water and sprinkling it around the house yeah kind of like the idea with the besoms and using that to ritually cleanse you know you can because i think we saw something or when i was doing research too like they would throw salt on the ground too and sweep it with their besom you do it with water or with water yeah you do the same thing perfect segue so all of these tools (laughs) that you know this information is just kind of a guide and to show you how to bring it into like everyday life and how you can incorporate all of the things or just some of the things. Uh-huh. I'm just gonna give you a couple of my favorite things yeah. that I already do and just some ideas, um, but I invite you to kind of put them together however feels right. So you've got some crystals, you've got some herbs, got some oils. Jesse and I love to do fire magic. So another way to bring in all the elements, you can dress some candles. Yes. With, I did a post, I did some magic over the weekend mm-hmm. and we dressed our candles in herbs. So, you know, you can get some nice oils that are water associated, get your, you know, water associated herbs. You can dress your candles and you can do some fire magic. Yeah. Who doesn't love that? Um, And that's going to be, you know, also incorporating that duality and that balance mm-hmm. and i like the idea of doing the magic in that way because we are very fiery so putting mm-hmm. water elements into it i feel like would be really good for us <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know because they're opposites yeah 
You can also use those herbs to make a tea uh, mm, before you mm-hmm. go to bed. You know, a nice combination of like the rose, even a little sprinkle of blue lotus would be really nice. And a little bit of mugwort. It is very pungent. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, sparingly fair. on the mugwort or even like Jesse said, putting like a tea blend under your pillow. Yep. You don't necessarily have to brew it. If that's not your thing, you can put it in under your pillow or in your bath. Yeah. And soak yourself in a fucking tea bath. You know? <laughs> bathtub! Yeah. And that being said, the most common expression of water in ritual is bath time. And, yes. you know, we love, we're also water witches in the sense we love doing bath time rituals. You can use some of the herbs we talked about, you can use some of the oils, you can line the bathtub with some of those water crystals we talked mm-hmm. about. You know, some of the ones like the fluorite and the sodalite can go inside of the water, but yeah. you'd want to put don't your, get your selenite but don't wet. do your selenite. Or you can just do your bathtub. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's literally a bath of water. So mm-hmm. if you don't have any of that, just sit in your tub. Yeah. But it's yeah. all about if you want to bring some extra spice. It's all about yeah. those little helpers. It doesn't hurt to have little helpers. Something that I like to do, if you don't have any tools, and this is like one of my most favorite exercises to do in the shower, and you can start your day with this or end your day with this. I usually like to take showers in the morning and baths at night. Mm -hmm. In the shower, if you kind of want to set the intention for your day and bring in that fluidity and bring in that going with the flow energy, get in your shower, turn the shower on, close your eyes, Mm -hmm. let the water run over you. And what I do is I imagine starting at the crown of my head, going all the way down, I see the energy, any negative feelings or unwanted energies being going down my body. So the water is literally uh pulling them all the way down through my earth chakra on the bottom of my feet Mm -hmm. and going down the drain. And then once I've imagined it all go down the drain, then I imagine the water's purifying me and it's putting in those energies of going with the flow and just responding instead of reacting. If you want to spice it up, Grab some rose, some lavender oil, and I'll put a little bit of oil in the corners and the steam will activate the scents Mm -hmm. and that's going to juice it up. Yeah. Even more. You know what I mean? So that's a really good exercise that you can do every day. I love that. You know what I mean? To Uh pull in that water element and stuff. And it's also nice when you can do it without any tools other than what's available to you. Yeah, because you always say it. It's like 90% intention. You know, you always talk. Absolutely. And it's like, because it is, you know, we want to give you the knowledge so you don't feel like you need a tool to practice. But it just makes it more fun. (laughs) It makes it fun and yeah, yeah, right. And it makes it more ritualistic, you know? Yeah. So another, I loved this one. I did a couple ones that you didn't need tools because I gave you tools so I wanted to give you some without. Yeah. Hugging. Is actually a great exercise ritual in the water element. So oh. if you think about it, we're made up of mostly water. Oh my god. So gosh. if you were to hug yourself or hug other people, Aww. you know, it's going to actually bring in those water element vibes. And on a scientific standpoint, studies have shown that a 20 second hug releases oxytocin, which is like that, yeah. that love feeling and that happy feeling. Uh-huh. So either way, you can't go wrong. Yeah, <laughs> when I get my atoms close to your atoms, yes. they vibrate yes. at a happy frequency. Yes. And yeah. we're all energy. So, you know what yeah. I mean? And if you don't want to hug yourself or you don't have a friend to hug, hug your pet. Yeah. If you don't have that, hug a tree. You know what yeah. I mean? Or just a to hug yourself. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yourself. Like it's just, yeah, so I thought that was really cool. I saw that. Another cool way mm-hmm. that you can just do it in everyday magic. So there's a Japanese author yeah. who did this study on the molecular structure of water and how you could actually speak positive affirmations uh-huh. and use positive tones and it changes the molecular structure of the water and they used a microscope 
to take stills of like this is what love looks like this is what hate looks like no shit so yeah so the idea behind that that i wanted to implore on you Mm -hmm. you have your water for throughout the day so you can sit with it for a minute speak some positive affirmations to it yeah you can do um you can make it into a crystal elixir so you know how you have some crystals that can't dissolve you can do an indirect method of charging your water with certain elements where Mm -hmm. you put it outside of it or put it in a bowl outside of the actual water so it doesn't contaminate your water. There's some that you can, maybe I'll put a short list of ones you can put directly in your water and drink that because there are ones you can do that with. But yeah, the idea behind it is making that a practice where, you know, your water for the day, you're putting your intentions in those of the day and it's literally going into your body and changing the molecular structure that is of your DNA. such you know what a I mean? great idea. I really struggle yeah. with being able to drink enough water. Right. So and I think it's because I just forget. Yeah, I do too. I'm but bad about it But if I'm too. taking the time mm-hmm. to, to make it intentional, mm-hmm. like, I'll remember, you know, because right. I want that, you know? So Even, I, like, you're doing your pools That's in what the I'm talking about. Yeah. Everyday magic, right? baby. So, like, even if you do your pools at the beginning of the day, yeah. like, and that's your question, what is my, what energy, or whatever, you could take whatever your card pool is and put that intention yeah. into your water, or, you know what I mean, to bring out the positive aspects of that card, or... Yeah. If it says some shitty shit's gonna happen that day, yeah. you're like, you know what? What's the opposite of that? And whisper <laughs> to your water. You know what I mean? And be like, not today, Satan. You know? yeah. So you <laughs> never cease to amaze right? me. And I like that because it's kind of also that bridges the gap with like the science experiment of using the tones. Because we talked about with the sacral chakra, mm-hmm. how there were those frequency tones. Right, right, right. That right. when you listen to the certain megahertz, uh-huh. we talked about 417 and 288, which were like sacral yeah. chakra ones, you know, it changes the molecular structure of right. your DNA on a subconscious level, you mm-hmm. know? And so that's kind of the idea with the water too. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, you do that. And then on a subconscious level, as you drink that water, right? because you've set that intention in the right. day, you're doing that water element work yeah. and you're automatically, you know what I mean? And everything that you put in and on your body yes. affects Absolutely. your body and your entire system, Absolutely. all of your systems yes. working together. So you have to drink, I mean, just this sheer, like this very yeah. simple act of drinking, of drinking enough water. water during your day. And if we're made up of can mostly water. Can become an intentional yes. practice. And if you think about it, like how our bodies regenerate themselves in a matter right. of like six months, I think it is. If you're drinking, if you're affirming to your water yeah. every day, at some point you're just full of fucking positive affirmations, you would think, right? Yeah, like, right. I mean, <laughs> and that's, the, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. if you're drinking positive affirmation water yeah. every day, positive water every day, self-help book. eventually <laughs> all of the water in your body is going to yes. regenerate, so then you're just... yeah. Full of positive positive water. Like, you can't not be. What a great idea. Yeah, so those are just a couple, like, not having to have tools, really, that I wanted to throw in there. And, you know, taking all of that other information, create your own ritual. You know what I mean? And it can be from taking a simple bath to dressing your candles with water herbs or all of the above. Like, you can do all those things and really just fucking flow in it. So, yeah, so that's... That's what I talked about. So I thought that'd be really helpful for Jesse and I to kind of um, have some water-based intentional rituals. I'm really glad you talked about that. Because I'm sure that is going to lead in really well to my topic. Which, before we do that. No, right. Um, Before we do that, though, we want to take our uh, Wonder Witch intermission and uh, let's pull some cards. Let's do it. 
pull some cards. And what we do here Tell on our Wonder Witch interlude is we do cross pulls. We do pulls for multiple decks or yeah. multiple uh, divinatory tools. Mm -hmm. um, and then we give you a reading for the collective yep. that corresponds with our talk, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, or it usually does. Or what's going on in the world. And we just give you a little... We just give you a little reading uh, across the cross. So uh, across, the cross. across the cross. Across the cross. I don't the know. Cross. The boards. I don't know. The, the cross. So that's a cross is actually a tarot spread, I think. The the Celtic cross. The Celtic cross. Yeah, right? yeah. That's a big one. That is a big one. All right. So I'm a creature of habit. I always pull from my herbal tarot. This is a great deck. It comes with a really awesome book, and not only does it have you know, every tarot card on there, but also there's an herbal association with each card mm -hmm. and a really in-depth book. And I just love doing this because I get to learn two things at once. Yes. In my practice of tarot and also in herbal reading. Yeah. Herbal study. <laughs> herbal study. I know. I don't know. Words. We got, we got it. Words. Words. What are, what are they? And then I'm usually all over the place, but the main oracle deck I like to rock with is the Threads of Fate rose gold and matte black deck it's the oracle version mm -hmm. of the threads of fate deck and recently we got some super cool runes but jesse and i both got a set from yes. fiddle fern and jambles so we've been doing a little rune too to kind mm -hmm. of see the correlation there we've got all our we're repping all the homies in here we've got our flow ritual candle yes. burning right now uh, she was actually our collaborator last yes, month. Yes, yes. Yeah, and you'll see more of her. Box. And she's collaborating with the Full Moon Box to do the incense now. Yes. Yeah. Super cool exciting. Stuff. So yeah, so we got our homies here. Got some magic. Yeah. Jesse's been shuffling. Two popped out for me, so I'm okay. going to pick yeah. one of these. This is this one. Mmm. 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 Alright. I'm gonna shake up my rooms. I like to shake them and I like yeah. to pull it out. It's like Scrabble. Yeah, it oh, is. We need to get Scrabble. We keep saying Scrabble that. tokens. Mm. Ooh, it looks like a fish. It does look like a fish. Is that watery? I don't know. There's also a moon on the oracle card I pulled out. Ooh. It's sacred sexuality. Oh, which is sacral, sacral chakra. chakra. Which is water element. So yes. whatever, you know. What'd you get? I got the Emperor. Ooh. And if you know, I don't I don't pull uh major you arcana. Major card. You've been awful. though. Oh, you do This pull is really major. good though. Alright, um, perfect. You start. So I got the Emperor, mm -hmm. um, which is ruled by Aries. Okay. And um, which we know is a fire sign. He's in, we're in, in Aries right now. Yeah, still, we're yes, in Aries so currently. Perfect. Yes. Um so the blue river in the background of this, you mm -hmm. see that, is the high priestess's intuitive wisdom reaching out to him. <laughs> and he's facing to the left. Okay. So his left side, the left side is the feminine side. Yes, which... Um, symbolizes the need to balance the strong male qualities mm -hmm. with this card. Suggests with the more feminine qualities of tolerance and compassion, those yes. water qualities. 
Gotcha. So that's interesting. Yes, it is. Um, but it is ruled by Ares, so he is the fiery overlord and the archetypal father who protects and keeps an eye on the things he created. Mm. And he has an Ankh on his scepter. Do you, you see know that? I love the Ankh. Yes, yeah. I do. So that's interesting because you were talking about that dichotomy between the fire and the earth. Yes. We have a lot of fire qualities, mm-hmm. but there's that feminine watery yes. side balancing him out. <laughs> so I like that. I like that. Yeah. That's really neat. That is really neat. And then just to touch, I got Sacred Sexuality mm-hmm. from the Oracle deck, and the artwork on that is actually a moon, um, ornate with roses. Okay. Uh, roses oh. is a water element. Yeah. Um, the moon is also a planetary ruler of that is water. Or water is the... Wait. <laughs> water is the element, element of, of the, the moon. moon. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really cool. And it's also a representation of the sacral chakra, which is a water element. So I mm-hmm. thought that's cool. Mm-hmm. And then the rune that we got, it kind of looks like a fish. Yeah. When it's on its side. And that is, re- it's called Ethel. Uh-huh. And it's possession, home, social status, and acquisitions. Represented by white and gold. Okay. All right. The sacred sexuality in this card, it's a layered and potent part of who we are. It shows us our wounds. And it can provide healing. It can help us manifest. It teaches us boundaries and can fuel and empower us. Doesn't mean your sexual presence or expression needs to look a certain way. It just means that your sexuality is sacred as it is. Mm-hmm. It's the core part of your humanity, like water, as well as your spiritual and universal self. It's going to ask you to examine relationships and ask you, is there anything that needs tending to or that needs to be watered within? (laughs) Watered. Yeah. And so the cool thing about this Oracle deck with Threads of Fate is the what would be considered the minor cards in this give you a spirit animal association, Mm -hmm. an herbal association, and also a crystal to work with. So, I just want to touch briefly on it. So, horse is the animal. Horse? The horse, yeah. Okay. It says because their rawness and power is indicative of our natural and healthy sexual desires. A tamed horse is a symbol of our repressed sexual urges and passions. Weird. So, you need to be a wild horse. (laughs) (laughs) The herbal association is rose. Oh my gosh. Which, duh. Yeah. It's that watery thing, so we don't really need to say anything about that, because we already know. Right. And then the stone, which I haven't heard of, oh. is Shiva Lingam. Is that a stone, or is that... Oh, no, so this is a deity, I think. That's interesting. So, Shiva Ling... Maybe. Like Shiva? Yeah, let me read it. So, our entire lives... Gender has been forced on us. Oh my god, this goes with the Emperor card. Okay. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah. And the internalization of this construct can be damaging to our natural selves. We end up rejecting parts of ourselves because we are trying to fit inside a box. It continues within the spiritual community when we ascribe masculine or feminine to various energies. In reality, these are words that scratch the surface of a larger concept. And beyond that, it reaffirms a rigidness that can hinder us showing us that we need balance between the feminine and masculine qualities. Whoa, which is what the Emperor card teaches us. Yes, perceived opposites are all a part of a larger unifying force which lives within us. Shiva Lingam helps us meet and understand that force without the human constructs in place. Hmm. Wow, 
Um, this says meditations with the emperor and the empress together yeah. will help create the balance of those yin and yang energies Love within it. us. Love it. Wow, that's so cool. Isn't that, they always... And because of what I'm going to talk about next, totally rounds that whole thing out. I'm not going to give it away until I start talking no. about it. But the uh, the herb associated with the emperor in my card is Attractyloads, which I okay. never, I've never heard I've of. I've never heard of that either. Um, and I had to look up the pronunciation just now because I was going to pronounce it like a Greek name and call it Attractylodes. Oh. <laughs> but I was oh, like, yes. I don't know. But it's called the Herb of Power. Okay. Um, it says that it, it's a very warming energy tonic. Mm. But because of that... It is said to help the digestive system and regulate fluid metabolism. And it's a diuretic, so it gets rid of excess fluid to balance those energies oh, inside man. of us. Isn't that cool? It is so cool. Not surprising, though. Because yeah. at this point, I'm just like, this yeah. is what happens every time. Yeah. And it says that sometimes with the, not the negative, but like the, the underdeveloped aspects of the emperor, you mm -hmm. can become too rigid and fixed. It's like, it's like it's the same book. That's really interesting. Mm. Um, and I love that you pulled this, Ethel, Ethel Possession yeah. Home Social Status Acquisitions, and I pulled the emperor ruled by Aries. Right. Because... Lay it on me. Oh, because oh, oh, because Jesse. Yeah. I wonder which topic you gonna lay on me this week. Yeah. So <laughs> the reason I love that I pulled the Emperor ruled by Aries because I'm talking about Aries. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I literally pulled the card that Aries rules, and I wanted to say it before, but yes. okay. So the reason that I want to do this. Does that look like is Aries? What's the symbol of Aries, real quick? Um, Aries is, is the ram. That does look does like that. Does it look like a ram this way? Yeah, upside okay. down. Yeah. Okay, so last week we talked a lot about how um, Aries season started and we began a new astrological cycle. Yes. And we talked about some astrological geometry mm -hmm. and kind of what those numbers mean and kind Big of talk, talking about all that stuff. So I wanted to keep breaking astrology down Please. in that way in bite-sized pieces. Let me snuggle in. Here we go. I'm ready. Um, Hello. so, and, and the reason that I want to talk about Aries is because not only the day, um, the day of this recording, right. today is, uh, April 5th. Right. The reason that I want to talk about this today is because the sun is in Aries. Right. Mercury is in Aries. Venus is in Aries. Oh boy. And the moon will be in Aries at the end of this week. For the new moon. Holy because the shite. new moon, the moon's always in right. the same sign as the sun. Right. So we're getting, so the sun entered Aries the on March. The moon is always in the same sign as the sun. Yeah, because they're in the same spot. That until you said that out loud. Yeah, they're in the same <laughs> spot. And then the full moon is on the opposite side. Duh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Got it. So. <laughs> this is why I need Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> so as we talked about last week, the beginning of Aries season marks the start of the new astrological cycle right. and the spring equinox. Um, Aries is considered a masculine cardinal fire sign. 
Okay. Um, it's associated with the color red, ruled by Mars, which and it has the most active Yang energy of all of the signs. Because Yang is masculine. Yeah. And yang so is like feminine. the fieriest, fiery masculine energy, cool. like by this this emperor, right? right? Okay. So Aries is um, considered, you know, strong, courageous, determined. It's a direct expression of this exuberant energy yeah. of life. Aries is considered like the archetypal male, okay. pioneer, the warrior, um, self-oriented, sometimes unsophisticated, yeah. confident and impulsive to like explore and discover. Okay. Aries as the first sign, and if you think about that, think about Aries and like personality traits, like it's the first sign, yeah. so Aries likes to be first. Right. They like to win. <laughs> They're competitive, you know, fair and square, yeah. but they want to beat you with right. like their physical prowess. And like when we talked about the opposite, so Aries opposing sign is Libra, okay, Lib which oh, we talked about yes. with the full moon, yes. um, the sign of harmony and diplomacy. Mm -hmm. So Aries is like the hothead, the opposite of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so and and things I've talked about in the past, like as I talk about the astrological wheel and the way I like to look at it. Right. So with Aquarius and Pisces season, we were talking about that very bird's eye view of mm -hmm. things. With when we get back to one, you know, your focus comes back in. So right. Aries is like direct. It's the focus on the self, okay. but also like right now. Mm. So we're less concerned with like objectives and viewpoints and stuff like that, but more like making a decision quickly. Right. We tend to be more enthusiastic okay. and spontaneous when the sun is in Aries. Yeah. So that's what I want to talk about. Love it. This week. Um, in how we can, when we understand a sign or we understand a planet or yeah. we understand an element, how we can use our knowledge of that mm -hmm. to modify it and apply it to other things. Perfect. So, you know, we can say, oh, your son is in this sign or you know, or your son is in Aries, your son is in Sagittarius, mm -hmm. you know, and we understand the way I guess that that sign can impact your sun sign. Okay. But we talk about how in astrology, um, we're not solely talking about your sun sign. We're mm -hmm. talking about all your other signs too. Yes. So we want to know, like, I understand what it means when my sun is in Aries, but what does that mean when my moon is in Aries? Yeah. You know, and, and rather than just looking something up and seeing online, like, what that means. Right. We can understand what the moon represents and the way the moon impacts us. Mm -hmm. And we understand what Aries represents and the way that Aries impacts us. So when we put those together, we can understand the way your moon sign being in Aries impacts you as a person. Well, you cray emotional if your Aries is in Yeah. Aries, right? So <laughs> that's kind of what I want to talk about. And cool. the way that we can do that is by having... Um, a better understanding of what a sign is okay. and having kind of like keywords that we mm -hmm. think of. Like when we talk about Sagittarius and being right. a Sagittarius, you talk about expansion and mm -hmm. growth and knowledge and, yep. you know. The wanderer. So, <laughs> right, the wanderer. And we know that. So when right. we see another planet in Sagittarius, yeah. we can go, okay, how does that impact it? Yeah, right? love it. So the words that we want to keep in mind when discussing Aries I think, mm -hmm. are spontaneous mm -hmm. and direct. Okay. 
okay? So when we talk about what our signs mean, we can apply those to, to it. To the planets. And yeah. Cool. So the sun is in Aries now. Okay. Um, it entered Aries March 20th. It's going to be there until April 19th. That's Aries season. So I'm going to talk about Aries in your chart and how that impacts us, okay. but also how these transits can oh, impact sick. all of us. Pull your charts up now, folks. I'm yeah. doing it. So yeah. how Aries can impact all of us during this time. Because I think, yeah, it's fun to learn about a sign, right. but if you don't have any planets in Aries, it's kind of like, well, this doesn't really apply to me. But that's not true, because the planets were all in one place when you were born, right. but they also are constantly moving, and their energies affect us all now. So Aries can affect those who have planets in Aries, but also having four planets in Aries is going to affect all of us. Right. You know what I mean? So the sun is in Aries right now. So right now... Using those words spontaneous and direct, that's how it's going to make us feel. Like we have the urge to be impulsive. We have the urge to initiate rather than to like sit and make a plan. Right. Aries is a brave and pioneering sign. So that's going to lead us to be more direct during mm -hmm. this time. Of course, that can always backfire, you know, if you don't make a plan. Right. <laughs> but... Aries isn't worrying about that, you know, and, and we're talking about balance. So right. we can take that energy and we can say, okay, I need to be more direct or yes. I, I want to be more impulsive or I want to be more spontaneous mm. and to kind of get us out of that rut. The sun in Aries right now gives us all a new sense of self and a more dynamic approach to life, okay. which is why the start of a new astrological cycle can feel so intense. Not only is it a completely new astrological year, we start with Aries, which is like brand new self, more dynamic yeah. approach to life. You know, it's new. You know, you're, you can feel more confident in who you are. Doubts start to fade away. You know, That's why the, the new year starts too in March as opposed to like really at the beginning of the year, huh? Right, yeah. So like that correlation of like spring and Right, love yeah. It. We're all like ready to snap yes. back into it. Let's do it. Um, you know, if you're not a very aggressive person in business or in relationships, you're going to feel a natural inclination to be a little more assertive. Okay. And now is a time for that. You know, the sun in Aries is like, it is time for action. Get that shit. Done. And that's how we all feel because yeah. the sun is in Aries right now. You have a natal sun placement in Aries that also, you know, we're not... Aries sign. We're not Aries, you know, but if your sun is an Aries, your sun is okay. yeah, if your sun sign is Aries, right? Yes. It says it's time, it's time for action. <laughs> I already said that part. So for those who were born during this season, right. they have their natal sun placement in Aries. Your sun placement indicates not only like your level of like physical energy, mm -hmm. but also your like particular life purpose. So Aries, which is ruled by Mars, and it's this competitive, athletic, it's a very energetic sign. So lots of sports players. I'm yes, yes. You know, um, this Aries expresses itself. It expresses this life purpose through pioneering, creating new things, initiating new things, starting new things, and by self-asserting activities. Um, this is sometimes done in an impulsive way or a way that can, like, overwhelm others it's yeah. a very like in your face fiery energy it makes you think about like if you look back in history mm -hmm. at who's Aries and not like it's right. kind of cool to be like I wonder if they're an Aries right and you, you can see that and so in self-asserting activities you can look at that and as like politics yes or professional sports yeah. or things like that that require you to 
rely on your own power. And then last week we discussed decans. Yes. With sun signs. So let me impress you. Zero to ten degrees is the first decan. Yeah. Eleven to twenty is yeah. the second decan, and twenty-one to thirty degrees is the third decan. I pay attention. Do you remember how we find the rulers of the decans? Okay, <laughs> so... Can you put me for, on the spot? <laughs> I told you what I remember. No, <laughs> so the first decan is ruled by the same ruler of your sign. Right. So okay. Mars now rules Aries. So first decan. If you're mm -hmm. born in the first about 10 days of Aries, right. you're in the first decan. So your sub-ruler is also Mars. Right. Um, and then we move to the next fire sign because Aries is a fire sign. So mm -hmm. the next same elemental signs ruler is Leo, which is the sun. So the second decan, the second or the 11th to 20th day ish, right. the second group of 10 days in Aries is ruled by Mars and the sub ruler is the sun. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then because Sagittarius is the final, the final one. fire sign, which is ruled by Jupiter, the mm -hmm. third decan is ruled by Mars with a Jupiter sub ruler. That makes sense. Wait, because my, wait, my Aries is in Jupiter. Wait, is that why? Your Jupiter, is, Jupiter in Aries. is in Aries, I mean. That's interesting. Oh, but it's not because of that. Okay. No, no it's not because of that. Okay. <laughs> no, that's just an interesting thing. Okay, I, I didn't talk fine. about uh, Jupiter today okay. because Jupiter is not currently in Aries. Okay. I only talk about the planets that are gotcha. in Aries currently. I just didn't know if there was a correlation there. But no. um, and because this isn't actually a planet that's in it. I just said that, but okay. now I'm lying. Okay. Um, because it's not true. Okay. It's because I also talk about what it's like to have an Aries ascendant. Okay. Um, because I have an Aries you ascendant. An Aries. I'm an right. Aries rising. Okay. And I'm yes. Cancer. <laughs> yes. So I'm an Aries rising. So see if this speaks truth yes. to me at all. But an Aries ascendant carries these traits of directness, uh -huh. um, impulsivity, passion, and spontaneity. <laughs> Your first house, because you know we have 12, your first house correlates to, um, your spark of life okay and also the energy that we release into the world mm. so our rising sign also shows us how we encounter the world okay. and then how our projection of ourselves into our environment gotcha. so people, like the mask you wear that's what yeah. Pe yeah people say it's like a mask and it's less of something you're hiding behind right. and the more of the way that you're projecting yourself right. into mm -hmm. your environment so an Aries rising being the first sign, its first instinct is to do right. rather than to think. So that's kind of that impulsivity. Yeah. Independent and self-reliant. Yes, um, Jesse, this is you. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're often fine doing things on their own. Aries risings love action mm. and are often trying to stir something up. Oh, shit. Um, they walk quickly, think quickly, and are quick to smile Possessing a youthful charm. I would say Because they're the baby sure. of the Zodiac. Yes, okay. Yeah. Yes, that makes sense. Yeah. That's so. Jesse to a T. <laughs> Aries rising. That's me. Sagittarius sun, Sagittarius moon, Aries rising. Got that triple fire. Yeah. Triple fire, baby. Um, so Mercury mm. is also in Aries. Okay. Um, it actually entered into Aries two days ago. Okay. Um, April 3rd. It's going to stay there until the 19th, like the sun. And um, Mercury, so this is how I want, so this is basically what I'm showing you with this. So yeah. we're going to talk about the planet Mercury. Right. And then we're going to apply 
the traits that we know about Aries. How to figure it out. Got so it. not only that shows us how Mercury being currently in Aries affects all of us, okay. but it also shows how that can affect a person with a natal Aries Mercury. Gotcha. Okay? So Mercury is the planet of communication. Okay? And Aries has that direct, right. bold, spontaneous fire energy. So when you apply that to Mercury... I feel like my brain just popped. Like, you know when yeah. you have, like, a realization? Like, yes. things click? So Aries plus Mercury equals how this affects us. Okay, so Mercury being in Aries, you get bold and direct communication. Because yeah. mm. Aries is direct and bold. Mercury is the planet of communication, oh, bold so and direct sense. communication. So you can tend to speak more spontaneously during this time, right. or almost like off the cuff. Also time for new ideas mm -hmm. and forging a new path. Um, a focus on learning, communicating, creating more independence, mm -hmm. creating new ideas, going in a new direction. Yeah. All that stuff. So it totally makes sense. Now. Yeah. Mercury <laughs> is about ideas and yeah. thoughts and communicating and Aries is that bold, fiery energy. Got it. So you put those together, that's how the you know, pieces are clicking together. So the next time someone says, Oh, Mercury is an Aries right now, you can be like, Oh, a great I might need to watch what I say. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, I might be yeah. telling people what's up right. for these next three weeks. Got it. And then so your your natal Mercury sign, right. your Mercury sign, is the way that your mind functions, um, your intellectual interests, and your overall style of communication. Okay. Because Mercury, planet of communication, right. how does that apply to my personality and the way I live my right. life? The way I communicate, the way gotcha. I think. So an Aries Mercury, natal Mercury, mm -hmm. if you have a Mercury sign in Aries, it's sharp, it's concise, um, you can see to the point very quickly. Yeah. You know, people might think that you're being like impatient, yeah. um, but really you're just direct. Yeah. They just have a very direct way Short of- time to bullshit. You yeah, say. there's no time yeah. for that because right. we got, you know, I'm yeah. not I'm but not here all day. Yeah, things to do, things to think about, people things to, to talk things about. To do. Right. <laughs> so they can seem like brutally honest mm. or sarcastic, but really it's just like, Straight I'm not wasting too much time. Yeah. You remember that I episode that. of The Office sure where uh, Kevin s stopped using all of the words of a sentence? Yeah. You know what I mean? When he was talking about his mechanic yeah. and how he's like, I don't use full sentences, you know? And it's like, why would oh I use yes. all the words so I need to? Mercury and Aries. <laughs> yeah. So think about that if you watch The Office Is where- Kevin What's the word? Abbreviating his sentences. Yeah, when he was just, like, <laughs> taking all the prepositions and stuff yeah. out of a sentence, like, car go. You know, car not go. <laughs> like, that kind of thing. Like, that's what you can think about with an Aries Mercury. That's that ever really direct now. communication. We're trying to make those right? brain wires connect, connect, get your neurons together. <laughs> So you can make that association. So when you're doing a reading and someone has an Aries Mercury, you go, oh, oh Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> right. Cargo. Cargo, <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's, so we're going to do that a little bit. Cool. I just got, I have two more. Okay, cool. Um, so Venus is also an Aries. Okay. Venus went into Aries on March 21st and it will be there until the 14th. 
What do we know about the Venus sign? The, we learned about Venus sign did, in episode yeah. three, episode four, episode One three. One of those episodes. One of those episodes. You need to catch on. But we talked about the Venus sign and how that impacts right. our life. Um, so Venus is the sign of love mm-hmm. and beauty and art, right? right? So we take that and we apply Aries to it. I said, you know, um, to focus on the word spontaneous and direct. So having a couple key words helps, helps us yeah. with that. So you take that spontaneity and that direct energy and you apply it to your love life. Yeah. And since Ooh. Venus is in Aries right now, this impacts all of us. Yeah, okay. And so we're not in... And, and then also um, Aries is that new beginnings. So... We're not interested in dwelling on the past right right now. Um, Love in Aries is bold. It's Mm. fresh. It's new. It's fiery. It's Mm. passionate. Um, If things... And and, uh, Aries likes to just get shit done. So if things have been difficult (laughs) or if you haven't been on the same page, it's like time to make things work. Like now. Like right now is the time. Cool. You know, you have that direct communicative Mm -hmm. energy. Um... And it's just going to be really easy to kind of communicate those things. saying that is so relevant in, like, my relationship right now. Mm -hmm. And, like, just anybody's relationship. Yeah. Like, to see that correlation, it's like, oh. Yeah. Everybody's going through shit. Everybody is. You know? And now is the time to go through that shit. Like, get it done. We're not dwelling on the past anymore. We're done with it. So we can move on. On to the next thing. Um, Mm. Aries in love prefers to be to seduce okay rather than be seduced gotcha or to chase rather than be chased because they're the yeah the emperor they're going they're after the it they're pioneering yeah. they're yeah they're like so they don't want so they're the top they want to chase yeah aries is <laughs> aries like is definitely the top, the top. Right, if i'm gonna <laughs> if i'm gonna go through and label the zodiac the zodiac the tops or bottoms aries is a top the top <laughs> Our desires are really strong right now, and we want to be expressed spontaneously, enthusiastically, but also directly, Mm -hmm. and because Aries is the baby of the Zodiac, you kind of get that youthful, like, now is a good time for, like, being playful and flirtatious Mm -hmm. and um, just, like, having fun together. Like, things aren't so serious in love right now. Just, like, we're over the other shit, we're just going to have fun. Oh, and hang we went out through right some now. emotional bullshit. So that feels yeah, nice Pisces to like think season. about. Just yeah, playing. now we can just like have fun, hang like out, that. do it's fun so stuff, do be spontaneous, be exciting. Oh, I just you know, love the. Co- I just love being able to understand my life better. <laughs> yeah. So then we add that layer onto it. If you have a natal Aries Venus, right? So the way that Venus impacts us personally is that it it indicates how we attract love. Okay. Um, but also um, the way that we appreciate beauty. Okay. And like appreciate art. So okay. when you bring in that spontaneous and direct energy to that, Aries Venus is very passionate. Mm. And Aries natal Venus is very assertive. It goes after what they want. It's possible that this can flick flame out. Okay. Um, it could be short lived as Aries Venus may not always be like attuned so to it's their more partner's like a needs. Because kind of they're like going to the next thing. Mm. But you know, that's not definitive. That doesn't right. mean that's who you are. That doesn't mean you can't have a long term relationship. Right. That just means like that's something to be aware of. Are you just like a honeymoon phase kind of person? Yeah. You know? Like and oh. as we go through the but like right now is the time to be that. Yeah. You know? Date each other. So it's working what's going on 
astrologically yeah. as a whole, and also I guess right. the correlations in your chart with your other because signs we don't have Venus in Aries. Mm-hmm. That's not something that impacts our life all the time. Right. But when Venus transits into Aries, we're gonna that feel some of that impacts us, yeah. and that kind of melds with our Venus Ugh, sign. Shit, man. Yeah, yeah, which is good for me. So I'm a natal. Capricorn Venus. I'm fucking Sagittarius in Venus. So, which is going to affect the both of us so differently, yeah. right? Because mine, so Capricorn, it's that grounded earth sign. Right. You know, I can get, my partner's also a Capricorn Venus. Right. So sometimes we can get caught up in the day-to-day of what we need to do mm-hmm. and how we need to, you know, pay the bills and clean yeah. the house and get stuff done. And sometimes we forget to play yeah you know but it's aries venus time yeah you know we went on a hike and just had a great time yesterday you know Mm. so it's like you can just have fun not everything needs to be so serious yes why so serious yeah (laughs) and where the way aries is going to impact the sagittarius venus it's going to embolden that fiery energy yes you know curious and easily bored is what it says yeah So now there are hopefully, because you have that really, really passionate energy, that there are going to be things that catch your eye more. Yes. You know, it's going to be more fiery, more exciting, you know, going to keep your attention. Definitely been staring at the partner's ass a whole lot this Aries season. There you go. Just appreciating the roundness that is. And and, and your Venus sign not only (laughs) roundness. Your Venus sign also not only just impacts, like, your love life, mm-hmm. but also, like, social situations. Yeah, okay. So people with a native Aries Venus also, like, like to take the lead okay. in social situations. So like that leaders. directness yeah. that we've been talking mm-hmm. about. So spontaneous and direct. Got it. So um, the moon is not currently in Aries, but it's going to be okay. um, at the end of this week. So on the 11th, the moon is going to go into Aries for the new moon. Okay. Um. <gasps> So we were talking about the moon with the water energy and and that. So so we know that your moon sign reveals, like, your emotional needs. Right. um, And also the manner of emotional Mm -hmm. expression. So when the moon is in Aries, you get... Um, a lot of that fiery energy okay. balancing out that watery mm. emotion, right? It's probably perfect time for like a bath ritual. Yeah, and you know, but with the fire that. too, yeah. you know, because you have the fire. But but also, yeah, I mean, working with water yeah. when all of these planets are in Aries yeah. might be a good way to like calm yourself like down a little, a little bit, bit to balance mm. it. And so it's really important that we learn about all of those things because yeah, we can be feeling really spontaneous or really direct or really energetic or really enthusiastic mm-hmm. about a lot of things, but you can't burn that hot all the right. time, you know? You need to be able to balance it out. So sometimes. that's why today's episode is so great, right? to have that balance mm-hmm. of like, yeah, this is all happening right now. You're definitely going to yes. be feeling all of this stuff, and here's some stuff you can do <laughs> to, to, to chill the fuck down. out. Yeah, right, Exactly. <laughs> Um, so, and, and, um, it's not just the moon in Aries, it's a new moon in Aries. Mm. So what do we do during the new moon, right? So this is the time where we use our energy to, like, plant seeds Mm -hmm. for the new lunation. Oh, like the emperor and, like... Right, so a new moon in Aries 
Aries being that beginning, right. that fresh That's new perfect. start. This is like you're the planting moon. new seeds. It's a really strong desire to like start fresh. Oh. So all of this Aries energy around the new astrological year, you know, the spring equinox, everything's waking up. It's we probably... have all, all these planets in Aries. Holy shit. And now we have this new moon, which is like plant these seeds. Like it's, like it's a time. super new moon. Like Yeah, you know how I complain a lot when I'm pulling cards, and it's always like, keep working, work harder, hang in there, be patient, and it's just like that all year long. Mm -hmm. That's finally over. Mm. Aries is like, boom, do it. Don't even think about it. Just do it. You want to buy, you want to sign up for that class? Do it. You want to ask that person out? Do it. You know? You want to go on a vacation? Do it. Like, just do shit. You know? You want to start a business? Do it. Do it. Done it. Did it. When we have a new moon in Aries, that's using that energy to plant those seeds. So Mm. we can be especially pioneering during this lunation. So if you're feeling like, I want to start a business, but I'm not sure, or I want to start a class, or I want to start writing a book, or like those Mm -hmm. things, and you're not feeling if you're ready to do it, the new moon in Aries is like, plant those seeds. Yes. That one that you've been afraid to plant because you thought you weren't ready, do it. This is the fucking time. Yeah. That's kind of interesting because we remember way back when we were talking about how you asked me if you could do magic at any time. Right. So... You could, but right. If you do it, if you do, the there new could be magic, a better you know time. What I mean? Yeah. So the moon in Aries, like we talked about, in that spontaneity or that like um, getting bored quickly, right. like kind mm-hmm. of stuff. It's like the moon in Aries usually favors like quick actions okay. that yield immediate results. Mm. So we can use that right to find. Things that give us instant gratification, but also have lasting benefits. Mm. So, example, um, I talk a lot about healthy coping mechanisms. Mm -hmm. You know, there are all sorts of coping mechanisms. Not all coping mechanisms are bad. There are a lot of things that we do throughout our day that benefit us down the line, but can also make us feel good now. Mm -hmm. You know, and we also have coping mechanisms that make us feel really good right now and are detrimental for us down the line. Yeah, right. Fucking, you know, if you want to, you're having a stressful day and you want to drink a whole bottle of wine, cool. That's fine. You're gonna, it's gonna work. You're gonna get that instant gratification of feeling better immediately, but you're also going to be hungover at work tomorrow and that's going to suck. If you've heard it, we haven't been drinking, really. Right, yeah. We both were... (laughs) Yeah, we, you know, Pisces season season was really heavy and and we were really in our feelings. Because (laughs) because it works, you know what I mean? But Mm -hmm. also, like... And and also, in that moment when you're feeling so crazy, you don't really want to drink a cup of tea and go lay in bed. You know what I mean? I want to say, though, I think for most of Pisces season, though, we weren't drinking. Yeah. And I think that's why it was so super fucking intense. So hard. Because we were, and then around that time it started, we didn't, and Pisces is like that deep emotional fucking well. We were really excited to get on the other side of that. Yes. It feels nice. So, an example of something that's good you know that can do that is like so like physical activity Mm -hmm. aries is like the athlete sign right yeah so excess energy during Mm -hmm. the moon in aries is really good to be channeled through physical activity Mm -hmm. i know i have a hard time motivating myself to like do that and then i like can't sleep at night you know and it's like just 
Work out a little bit. Yeah. Just do it a little bit. Just but a little bit. Some hip stretches or, you know, even just doing some yoga. Probably right. Or breathing. Right. Exactly. So if we're channeling that extra energy into physical activity, it's going to make us, like, you're going to feel tired. Right. You're going to burn off that energy. You're going to feel accomplished, like you did something. Yeah. But it's also going to be beneficial down the line. Dedicating time during a new moon in Aries to, like, um, health yeah. and wellness routine gives us that instant gratification in the moment mm. of like I worked out and I feel good and my muscles are sore and yeah. I'm gonna take a bath but also it's beneficial down the line so you're like planting those Seed seeds that habit too yeah and can extend mm. that because like I feel sometimes like I'm too tired to work yeah. out or I'm too tired to start a new routine right. or I don't want to take the time to... When really it takes like 10 minutes out of your life. Right. <laughs> right. And right yeah, now we, we have a little bit of energy. Love it. Mm -hmm. You know, so why not? You yeah. know, it's physical energy and new beginnings. Mm -hmm. So why not use that to start a new habit? Mm -hmm. Why not use that to get more invested in your routine? You know, and it feels good yeah. right at the moment and you'll feel better tomorrow when you're a little sore at work as yes. opposed to having a migraine because you're hungover <laughs> or whatever it is. You know what exercise just popped into my mind because we just did it with Katie over yeah. at Delta Groove, that breath of fire. I bet oh, it would be perfect. Yes, because that like, hypes and, you up. Yes. I love the breath of fire. We'll definitely. So I feel like for that new moon and Aries energy, that would probably be super awesome to do. Yeah, and I'm looking it up now. So Aries rules your head. Okay. I was going to be like, oh, if it's a part of the body, right? you can yeah. work that part of the body out. Aries rules your head, um, your face, your brain, and your eyes. Okay. So, not a, I don't know. Maybe you do, do some like face exercises. Face exercises. Unique New York. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you're having sinus issues or migraines okay. or anything like that, like that could be Aries fire related mm. energy. Um, you could balance that head with like a neti pot and bring some water energy in. To, or like, do inverted yoga poses. Absolutely. Get that blood flow yes. into your brain. See, there you go. That's yeah, you, there's that's a exercise. good idea. Hang yeah. upside head down. Stands, hang upside down. Do headstands. Yeah, do... get that blood to your brain yeah. flowing. That's What's a great... that other one you like to do? You the shoulder stand, but then you bring your legs over. Oh that's yeah, that's a really good hip. Yeah, being upside down. I yeah. love inverted positions. That's a great mm. idea. Um, so then this energy, this new moon, we're planting seeds, mm -hmm. we're bringing in that fire direct right. energy. If there's something that needs to be done, but you haven't felt like you've had the energy to do it, okay. like now is the time to like get after that. Cool. Now is the time to tackle that challenge. If there's mm -hmm. something that you're looking at on your desk and yeah. you're like, I know I need to do that, but just the thought of it exhausts me. Yes. Now you're going to feel like you're going to be able to tackle that. Um, so try checking some things off your okay. to-do list around the new moon, or at least like this being entertaining the idea. Right, make plans <laughs> toward it. Or yeah, make right. Steps towards it or something. And then I just wanted to touch on the natal moon sign. So if you are a moon, a natal moon in Aries, right. Oh boy. <laughs> your moon sign reveals our emotional needs and the manner of our emotional expression. Right. You and I both have. So a Sagittarius moon, so that reveals for us in that, like, wandering, like, yeah. kind of ever learning, like, we have an emotional attachment to, like, learning yes. and expansion mm -hmm. and travel. Like, my favorite thing in the world is waking up in a place I've never been before. Yes, me too. Like, that mm -hmm. makes my heart feel good. Dude, you know, yes. I go somewhere I've never been, and I wake up there, and you have that realization where you're like, oh, this yes. is a new place. Yes. You know, that makes my heart happy. Yes. You know, so with Aries, 
Aries are often like really quick mm-hmm. to react um, and, and also quick to anger, but at the same time, it goes away just as quickly. Okay. So it's just like reactionary, reactionary. impulsive, but okay. Aries moons, like they're not going to hold a grudge. Okay. You know, it's going to be like real quick yeah. and then that's going to be it. So their emotions are instantly felt okay. and immediately expressed. Wow. And that is not a bad thing. It's not bad. I no. think that that's actually a really cool thing. Like. How many of us have a feeling and question that feeling? Right. Or hold on to it until it's like a weird grudge and you're uncomfortable, Mm, you know? Or you don't take the time to, like, actually allow yourself to express that. Yeah. Yeah, Feel your feelings. Aries Mm. are going to feel their feelings and they're going to do it right now and they're going to tell you what's up and then it's going to be over. I want an Aries moon. Yeah. (laughs) So, boom. Instantly felt, you know, and, and, you know, I think that with Sagittarius moons, we sometimes are just like, I am not reactionary. (laughs) I take my time. I analyze my emotion. And I go, is this really what I'm Mm -hmm. feeling? Is this where this is really coming from? Is this rational? Really, really getting into it to like understand the emotion. And all of a sudden, it's three weeks later and we are still (laughs) feeling this feeling trying to figure out if it's the right feeling to feel about a situation that happened a month ago. It's not even the same situation. No. (laughs) No, and we're still going, okay, so listen, I really need to talk about this. And and Aries is just like, listen, that pissed me off. I'm going to go outside, and when I get back, we're cool. And that's it. And there's no grudges. There's no, like, over analysis. I think we have the blessing of having a lot of the same that we kind of bypass some of that stuff because we both know how the other one's thinking. Well, I'm an Aries rising. Yeah, so... So I have learned how to be direct (laughs) and how to accept... And I'm a cancer directness. Right, so you're like, I'm gonna mull it over. I'm gonna mull it over and I'm gonna talk to you. Yeah. Please don't hate me. Um, Also, (laughs) Aries moons are driven to find opportunities to, like, start something new. Okay. To take leadership roles Mm -hmm. and then also to show courage. Okay. So Aries is a very brave sign. It's a very Mm -hmm. courageous sign. So it's important for Aries moons to be able to be courageous. And to show that. So... Mm -hmm. Love it. Yeah. So that makes so much sense too. It makes it so much easier. So to hopefully as we go through the year, you know, and we analyze that on the podcast, yeah. you know, and if you have if we didn't talk about certain signs, because you could say like, well, how does like you have Jupiter in Aries? Right. So you look at the way that Jupiter affects your so you have Jupiter in Aries. Yes. Um, so we didn't touch on that in here because Jupiter isn't currently in Aries. Right. But when you're looking in your natal chart, that's a really this is a really good formula to, to do like that. So we figure it, yeah. out what part of our life a planet rules, mm-hmm. and then we figure out the way that a sign expresses that, right. and then we can see how that fits into our life. So Jupiter's sign placement points to what people idealize okay so how you search through meaning Mm -hmm. through like religion and philosophy um how you seek to learn and grow and then the way that you lead to greater knowledge understanding and like the way that you expand your awareness right okay so jupiter is the way that we expand our awareness and the way that we search for meaning Mm -hmm. so with aries 
you take those spontaneous, direct, fiery aspects of Aries. Yeah. So when your Jupiter is in Aries, that means you idolize or you you idealize personal freedom. Mm-hmm. You idealize assertiveness. Yes. <laughs> um, these are things that you learn through physical activities, but also through taking risks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's not, it's impulsive, you know, you're not sitting around and thinking about Mm -hmm. it forever. And you are very much that way. You Mm -hmm. go, I'm taking this class. I'm going to learn about this thing. You know, Wonder Witch was, I was ours, but it was essentially, you know, you're going, let's start a podcast. Let's start a podcast. Let's start a podcast. And I'm like, have a baby with me. And I'm just like, (laughs) okay. So, you know, cause you're just like, I want to learn about that thing. I want to know that Mm -hmm. thing. So with a high level of confidence, it may espouse a philosophy of self-reliance mm. and that your motivations are very personally oriented. Yeah. And you are. I mean, you are a very um, driven, like, personally driven person to say, I want to learn about this. Yes. I want to do this with my life, you know. So so we can use that, mm-hmm. you know. And if Jupiter um, transits into Aries... Then it's like... We can talk about how that affects everyone as a whole, you know, based on, okay, so we know Jupiter, Mm -hmm. we know Aries, we can see how those two things come together and affect all of us. Which is basically how astrologers write weekly horoscopes or talk about how transits will affect everybody is because they're they're plugging in these... The formula. The formula. So we're still talking about math this week. So you take your planet because well, life is math. <laughs> yeah, you take your planet plus your sign, yeah. and that's how it expresses itself. Mm. So I hope that that is a little easier to understand, and it kind of gives us yeah. and everyone who's listening does an idea of like how to look at your own chart, but also how to be like, you know, when someone goes, oh, the moon's in Capricorn today, you know what that means? Yeah. And you're going, I don't know what that fucking means. Yeah. What do you mean? Little... What does that mean for me? You I know? I like the idea of the keywords with the yeah. signs. You like, grab your keywords. Instead of like having to memorize a whole thing, like taking a couple keywords. Yeah. And plugging them in, you know, and you can obviously expand on that, but mm-hmm. that makes it so much easier. Yeah. And you can take those keywords and you can take the meaning of that sign mm-hmm. you know where you can just find like those archetypes yeah and, you know in your tarot or mm-hmm. in, in whatever you're doing and you can apply those you know if it helps for you to think of the emperor yeah. when you think of the sign of aries you know if yeah. it helps to think of the ram or it helps to think of you know spontaneous spontaneity and directness like yeah. those things that is how we are able to create our own practice, (laughs) you know, and how, you know, we go from people who read about astrology online to people who practice astrology. In day-to-day life. Yeah. And And that, we be that people now. Yeah. And so do you. (laughs) And so do you. you. So do you. So are you. You know, and and it's not that hard. Mm -hmm. You know, you can get a book or people, I I follow a lot of people on Twitter that I really trust, or you can just, you know find stuff online mm-hmm. that you sources that you trust things you know cafe astrology is a great resource yeah. you know i love the book practical astrology mm-hmm. i think that that's a really good one yeah. and basically it can help you learn in that way to just connect those dots and then 
when someone says Venus has just transited into Libra, you yeah. can go, oh, okay. Yeah. I know what Venus means, and I know what Libra so means. It's balance in your relationships and your yeah. love. Yeah, harmony, you know, Venus rules Libra. I feel like Libra. a fucking astrology wizard now. I'm like, I know what that means. Right. So if Some you, of them, not, I'm not. But, but you know, wizard. if you know what Venus means. Yeah. And you know what Libra means. Then you know what it means. Then you know what Venus in Libra so means. Cool. If you know what that means in a current astrological transit, right. you can say how that's going to affect people in general. Mm. And if you see that in someone's chart and you know the way your natal Venus sign is expressed for people, yeah. you know how Libra expresses it through that person. Right. So it's just and you can these, just understand people's better too. It's Not just only these yourself, building like, blocks, you know, where we can say, I, you know, I'm not. I'm not this way because I have right. a rising Aries. You don't use it as an excuse. But I know what Aries is. Yeah. And I know what my rising sign represents. Right. So you put those two things together. Yeah. And I know why they say that, you know, astrologers write it a certain way, but I also know why I feel these things or right. whatever it is, you know. And I and can, you can also work on those things. Exactly. Because astrology mm -hmm. is a guidebook. You look at that. Astrology, mm -hmm. like tarot, like anything else, yep. is neither good nor bad. Right. It just is. Yep. And when you look at that and you can go, huh, I, can't, I am kind of impulsive yeah. in my relationship decisions, you know. I do have a Venus in Aries. Oh, I can see how I balance that. And yeah. that's that emperor card. That balancing of those fiery yes. and watery. Fucking love it. And earth and air elements. Yes. So. Love it. <laughs> so when we have those placements and we can see where those things show up in our chart and we can like, you know, recognize those traits in ourselves, they're neither good nor bad. It's just an indication. It's a, a roadmap, yeah. essentially, of how to navigate our own personalities. So if we have really fiery energy, doing water magic is going to help us balance that. If we have earth energy or we have air energy, yeah. you know, the way that we use our practice mm -hmm. based on these astrological placements that yeah. we can now understand and decipher and see where they're coming from. Our life with ease now. Right. So now I can say like, oh my gosh, there are four planets in Aries right now. I better take a bath. You know, yeah. it's like maybe I shouldn't be doing fire magic right. or maybe I'm trying to start a business yeah. and I am leaning into this That's energy fire, yeah. really hard. So I am going to do fire magic. Oh, we're doing fire you know, magic. Right. Time. You know, it's like, am I feeling like I'm spinning out of control yes. and the planets are influencing me in a way that is too fiery. Mm -hmm. Take a bath, do some water magic, you know? Do I feel like I need to ground? Maybe yeah. do some earth stuff, you know? Yeah. So it's like we can find like where we are and and you know, very often if something is feeling crazy in our yeah. lives, there's probably something that's some impacting us on. in that way. Yeah. There's no way that these giant orbs flying through the the Space around us aren't impacting us in some way. You know what I mean? If they can float around in like perfect proximity with yeah. each other, magnets on their axis, like right. And we're yeah, no. There's My no dad's way. a scientist, and he would always, you know, I would talk about crystals, yeah. and he 
would be like, well, you know, the physics are there. I mean, they're the most, crystals are the most highly ordered structures yeah. on the planet. Mm -hmm. It's no wonder yeah. people would feel a vibration from them. They'd have to go, well, you know, the physics is there. Yeah. And I'd be like, dad, leave me in my rock collection yeah, alone. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so yeah. to say that, you know, we, we know that the moon mm -hmm. influences the tides of the ocean. Yep. If it can affect something as vast as the ocean, and I'm 70% water, yes. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. probably tugging on my water molecules mm -hmm. a little bit too. Yep. So, needless to say, yeah. I believe in astrology. <laughs> but I think it's really cool to break it down into these kind of building blocks yeah. and make it a little bit more approachable for... Mm -hmm the average person or the beginning yeah. astrologer or even someone who's been super into it for a long time and just wants to learn more about it yeah <laughs> it's like to be able to understand it you know yeah and not just, just be like well i have an aries mercury yeah. who knows what that means well, that ability to be able to reference it within yourself as opposed to having to go to your books every time yeah you know? so and if somebody tells you that they have a Libra moon, you can just be like, oh, oh. that's why. Oh. You know? And also... It, I know how to deal with you. Yeah, and also it's really fun to alienate people in that way. You can, right. If somebody gives you their birth time and you look up their chart and they go, oh, oh. Mm -hmm. yeah, that makes sense. You know, I'm not going to be able to get away with that much longer right. if I'm teaching everybody my I know, secrets. I right? They're going to be calling you and be like, oh, that's just oh, Jesse's rising yeah. Aries. Well, that's her Libra Jupiter. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> I'm giving you guys all my secrets. Oh, shit, but that's man. why we're here. Yes. That's why Wonder Witch exists. Yes. We created Wonder Witch to bring the learning to you. And yes. if you don't want to spend a week or two weeks learning about researching this stuff, we got you. You can just listen to our episodes and we'll teach you. Yeah. Also, hit us up in the DMs. Yeah, man. Send us messages on Instagram or on the website. Respond to our blog posts. We've got like, lots of places to talk to us. So literally, there's no, there's no reason not to. And Mercury is in Aries right now. Yeah. Send us a direct Talk to message. Us. Be direct. What do you want to learn? It's about? my DMs for a reason. These are my direct Slide messages. Up in there. Be spontaneous and direct, do like it. Aries. Slide and up in send there. us a DM. Yes. Please do. Well, that was great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so very cool. I love how that balanced out mm -hmm. between the water and the fire I energy. Did. You definitely you had me in the first half. I did, I got you. You really did. You got me. I got you, you tricked me. Gotcha. Um, what was really good because I was like, okay, she's gonna talk about fire, yeah. so, and so am I. Sometimes, you know, and I was like, yeah. we're just having a fire day, yeah. but really, we're just bringing it to you. We have that eternal balance mm. between the two of us, legendary soulmates, yes, legendary right here. Soulmates, we're getting shirts made. Bringing the balance, and uh, yeah, great episode. Yeah, it was. So hit us up. Hit us up until next time. This. Well, this is Wednesday for you guys, but until next time. Yeah. Uh, happy Aries season. Yes. And we'll see you next time on Wonder Witch. Wonder Witch. Wonder Witch. Wonder Witch. <laughs> <laughs>